Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Take me to the volcano! It's really called this. You have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it. Oh, come on. Quit I need, no. Seriously. Maybe bed bath and beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It's Thursday night. It's 9.30 p.m. We are live. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hi. New York Sports Talk Podcast. Nice. Oh, doctor. We have got a lot to talk about tonight in the world of New York sports. God, sorry about that. Man, swallowing. Good stuff. I'm on a hot mic tonight. I decided to uh, to go old school podcasting. I got the mixer out. I got my microphone out. I am on a hot mic, hot pot of coffee. I got the RTU is live sign working, the neon sign. It's on. It's on outside the door right here in my office in Bayside. It's on. It's on right now. Somebody walks past the office. They know we're on the air. Do not interrupt. So we got a ton to talk about. Sorry, I got a little excited a ton to talk about. Let's bring in the host. Let's get right to this. Direct from an engagement in Anchorage, Alaska. Kel. Cold. Cold up there. He was playing a, a, a little room up there in Anchorage called <laughs> Burr. Ha-ha. Burr-ha-ha. Burr-ha-ha. <laughs> it's a burr-ha-ha. It's like a fight. Like a bruja. Yeah. How was that gig, Cal? Uh, the reception was a little chilly. No! Did you write that? Did you see what you, I did You there? are on fire tonight. You made a Kenny Loggins joke while we were doing the warm-up. Right. It was the singular of Kenny Loggins, which is Kenny Login. Kenny Login. That's what you did. You did yeah, it. Oh you are boy. on fire. Boy. This is, this is not starting well. How is that? The, is that the material you're using up there in Anchorage, Alaska? What do they yeah. go for up there? Do you do a lot of Inuit stuff? What do you? A lot do? of Eskimo humor. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of. You know, you know, Iditarod. Sure. Oh, sure. You just is that really what we would talk on the podcast if we were in Anchorage? We would talk the Iditarod. We would probably talk hockey. I think they play hockey up there. No doubt. Um, we would. I mean, that would be like our Super Bowl. 
and we would absolutely break down northern exposure from every angle. <laughs> the show. The show. We'd all be, uh, what's his name, Morrow? Bob Morrow. Rob Morrow. We'd all be huge Rob Morrow fans. Right. And <laughs> I just love the idea of us getting all New York sports worked up over the Iditarod. Right. I mean, I mean, what's the matter with these dogs? He says he's taking care of these dogs. What is he doing? How all, how much longer am I going to have to follow this guy and his dogs? When is he going to sell that team of dogs? Enough. They put the dogs out there. They look like they haven't eaten in three weeks. They've got no money to pay to to feed these dogs. <laughs> They're on austerity with these dogs. Okay. <laughs> Only the Iditarod. Only. <laughs> LOL Iditarod. <laughs> you just know, you just know that if we were huge fans of of the Iditarod, we would absolutely root for the worst. Oh, right. Run. Like the mangiest dog. Right, the worst run dog team. We would be in love with, but they're lovable. They're lovable losers those dogs. They're like the dogs from like a Disney movie. Either that or it's it's like the laziest dog who just doesn't want to be bothered. Right. Knows that he stinks, but he's just like, eh, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm getting paid for this anyway. Maybe the entire dog team is owned by, like, a rich oil guy's son. You right, know. Who, who doesn't know a thing about dog racing. <laughs> doesn't know a thing about the Iditarod. Just wants to compete. Just is, is, hope, is hopeful for meaningful Iditarod races. He's actually more of a cat guy. He's a cat guy. You know who knows all about Northern Exposure, Cal? Besides you. And by the way, we can take that entire premise, that idea that you and I would root for. the war, Like, if we start with Premier Soccer, just tell me who it is. Tell me, give me the team that's second fiddle in their own city. You know, is it Liverpool? Is it uh, Londonham? Is it Birmingham? Whatever take, it is. Take the rankings, the current rankings of all of the teams, <laughs> turn it upside down, and then hand it to us. That's right. But no, that's, they, have to, they have to be lovable losers, though. They have to be. Or they have to be a complete, like, just, you, you scratch your head at the things that have happened to this football league, this footer, footy club. I feel like they wouldn't be lovable. They would just be the butt of all jokes. Like no, that's that's the jet aspect. No, like here's what we would do. We would take all the teams and we would get a group of people that know about all of these teams and we would read them off and whoever laughs or snickers when they hear a name, that's our team. That's our team. And I feel like we would do, if we go Canadian football, give me the team. Is it is it the Toronto Argos? Could Are be anything. The, are they the Jets of the Canadian Football League? That's what I'm going for. Are they in a city where they're completely overshadowed by another team? That's what I need. Australian rules football? At all, please. That's that's a given. Brisbane, I'm going for them. The Brisbane <laughs> Wallabies? <laughs> Whoever's the Brisbane Yankees, I want to root for the Brisbane Wallabies. Right. The other one. That's us. Well, Look at the other guys. I was hoping I could stereotype Australia a little bit there. Did I get it? No, I don't know. Did you I feel like I got the it. <laughs> the, the Perth, uh, the Perth shrimp on the Barbies. Did I get it? The Perth <laughs> crocodile dundies. Oh boy, <laughs> that's not nice. 
See, I can't. It's terrible. That's first of that. all, the movie. First of all, the movie's twenty-five years old. No, that was rough. Second of all, that's a tough dialect to do. Yeah. We will be. We'll, believe it or not, Cal, we will mention Perth again in this podcast later on. You know that for a fact. I do. Mm-mm. Because I am taking over album of the week this week. You are. I do. I have a. I, I am. I have a uh, an album that I want to. Oh, good. Enough. We've made the poor guy suffer over here. He's in a feud with Cal, and he doesn't even know it. Oh my goodness! Okay, thank you, Janice. That's Hi. not a knife. No, that's a knife. That was good. Instant impression. <laughs> I didn't know you had a, a Paul Hogan in the holster. I got nothing in my holster. <laughs> Give me a little more Paul Hogan. That's hot action. <laughs> Do you think I know a single other thing that Paul Hogan ever said? <laughs> Seriously. Crikey? <laughs> I couldn't even do a crikey. That's a Sheila. You know what uh, happens whenever I try to do an Australian, I end Man. up doing, I don't know if you know if you remember, but I end up doing that guy from the old Energizer commercial. Jocko? It, was that who it was? Yeah. The guy who yelled, it'll surprise you, Energizer? <laughs> I end up turning Jocko. into him, and it's just no good. <laughs> With the spiked hair, right? I don't remember. He had spiked hair. He wore oh, like I, a, think you, I think you remember. Wore a tank top. <laughs> Jocko, Mus- muscle-bound Australian guy. I think his name was Jocko. He was he was like man. He was like the where's the beef lady. He was like of a, a pop, He was like a pop culture guy for maybe three minutes, maybe a week on Hollywood Squares. No, there's no way he did the squares. I'm thinking in the oh late eighties. I see it. I see, his name is uh, Jacko. Jacko. Mark Jacko Jackson. Wait, that's his middle name? No. What was, what was, <laughs> that's what was his talent other than being in the in the Energizer commercial? I'm l I, I just I, I just pulled that up on Google guys. Is he a bodybuilder? And it all yes, it all came back to me. All, all came back to me. This guy's face is right there with the Energizer batteries. Magnificent. Right. What a campaign. With he was first, a former first, Australian rules footballer. Okay. Who played for several teams, including St. Kilda, Melbourne, Geelong. I think it's Gee. I don't think it's Geelong. not real places. <laughs> and South Fremantle. <laughs> That's the team we would root for. That's we would definitely root for South Fremantle. Because North Fremantle is probably the, the champions of everything in Australia. That's exactly it. Like we, North Fremantle's probably won like 15 Australian Rules football cups. And South Fremantle, nothing. No. They have one year. They had one year where they owned Fremantle. And Jacko <laughs> became a star. And That's we right. fell in love with them. <laughs> That's our team. There it is. Jacko. Energi- what is the Energizer? What was the, what was the tagline? It'll surprise you. The <laughs> Energizer. That guy. That's, That's him. Jack- He's, well, that, he's, yeah, that's well, that's where all paths lead when I start doing Australia. <laughs> they go, they go to Jacko, Mark Jacko. <laughs> they Jackson. only end up there. I end up talking about batteries. 
Nice. That's all I have. Uh, Peach, how was your week? How are you? We haven't heard from you a lot. A little worried. Uh, the week was kittylicious. We adopted two cats. Oh, that's why. That's why we haven't heard from you. You have kittens. I got little kittens, and they're cute. Oh, my gosh. I'm surprised, because cats, not so much usually. Especially kittens. <laughs> they don't so do cute kid- things that you fill. Yeah, no, it's, I, I, I defy you to show me a cute kitten. Right. You can't that amuse yourself happen. just by sticking them in a teacup <laughs> 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 and having them stare at you. Look, he's in a teacup. He's in a teacup. He's in a teacup. Oh, he's in a salad bowl. Oh, my God. I can't take it. Look, he's wearing a hat. He's got a little hat on. Look at that little hat. Oh. He's got Lily's little hat on. Too much. You You take your daughter's doll clothes. No, no, no. That's what you do. Slow down there, all right? Not everybody does that. Oh, yeah. Sure you do. Give me the Energizer guy again. You have to do that for the rest of the night. <laughs> Anytime you want to make a point. Uh, what hey, are their names? I got I had totally, for them for tomorrow. I had totally edited that commercial out of my memory. Like, I had no recollection of that until the moment you said it, and it was back. Isn't that amazing? That well, happened today. Knew it. That happened today, and I always refer- reference him. Our friend Scratch Bomb yes. posted a commercial for Newmark and Lewis. Oh, <laughs> see? Again, completely out of my subconscious or my conscious anything. It's you remember that? And then it comes rushing forward. back. And Lewis back is watching. Wow. It was great. Did they have it, a memorable commercial, though? Or was it just... It was memorable because it was... Um, it was an '80s commercial. Dick Lewis is watching uh-huh. from New Mark and Lewis, and it was and like the bus would pass by, and it would just be his eyes on the bus. Right, right, <laughs> right. It's effective. Right, like who thought who thought this was a good idea? Like Dick, it's not that he's watching; he's stalking. I just want some some headphones. <laughs> Why is this guy following me? <laughs> Dick, Lewis. wow! I don't like it. So you, you pull that one up on Google, and you get Newmark and Lewis stores to close, and it's from 1992. Oh. Oh. On a very special RTU. Following his retirement from football, Jacko used his fame and popularity to launch a singing career. Of course he did. His first single, I'm an Individual. <laughs> oh, that's, wow, that's got a rig to it. Was a number one hit on the Australian singles chart. A second single, Me Brain Hurts, was not so successful. Come on. Cannot imagine why. Come on. That had a shot. Me Brain Hurts. (laughs) I got a small piece of brain in my head and it's killing me. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Jacko. This show's for you, Jacko. Not (laughs) Bill Simmons' buddy Jacko, but Mark Jacko Jackson. Energizer, it will surprise you. <laughs> we can, we got to find him. Is Boy. he alive? We got to find him. <laughs> we, he, You're he, listening he, to RTU. <laughs> It'll surprise you. Me head hurts. <laughs> Me brain hurts. Me brain. Oh, sorry. My bad. 
I didn't realize it. Yeah, that definitely changes the entire the entire context of this because it's not his head so much; it's his brain. The only other thing he 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 um sold besides Energizer were, was Nutrigreen. Yeah, because I that I mean when Listen. I think of that guy, I think of healthy eating, right, and <laughs> and batteries and batteries. I think of being regular and batteries. Nutrigrain. Why am I shooting with Cal? What's happening? Yeah, you. you we're back Did to the. Did I cross onto his land? What did look, I do? It sweeps. Okay, it sweeps. So, uh, this show is going to get wild. It's going to get crazy. We're at, we are actually going to talk about sports before ten o'clock. That's about it. <laughs> and uh, we're back to. If you remember when you first started on the show, Peach, we're we're talking almost two years ago. Been, it's been well over 18 months through your original contract. And you had this whole thing with uh, PJ Hates Cal. I mean, we had the t-shirts made and stuff like that. It was a big thing. PJ Hates I, Cal. I, I, I disagree. I say no. we bring it back. No, it wasn't. I, it, it was that he thought I was wrong about everything. I thought that Cal was wrong on a, on a lot of topics. And that was mainly because I wasn't listening. I That's... <laughs> And when I came to listen to the show, I realized that it was that Cal was carrying you. Right. Thanks. <laughs> I knew that somehow we would get around to sticking the needle in me. So well done. <laughs> I'm changing it, though. It's Sweeps Week. I'm changing it to PJ Hates Cal. That's right. Okay. That's good. That sells. That's right. Because yeah. he thinks he's better than me. There it is. I've decided. Yeah. It's because I am. <laughs> there it is. See? There it is. Cal, Cal has been directed to go along with this. Look how we've just manufactured a feud. There it is. It's almost like we're the New York sports media. Almost. I mean, we did it. We, segue. We just did it right there. Thank you. Wow. We have little tunes for everything. Instant impression. Little Instant, tunes. Instant segue. I like that one. I do like that one, too. It should be longer than the actual segue, though. Why? Because that's funny. That's ironic. <laughs> the little the little song for the instant segue. Instant, by the way, being the key word there. Instant, quick segue right. is longer than the segue itself. We're going to talk about sports. Instant segue. <laughs> yeah. And then you hold that beat. Yeah, can we do a? Uh, can I put an Axl Rose on the end of that? A Yowza, maybe. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Duff McKagan was on um, Jay Moore's podcast. Uh, yeah, you, you were telling you guys. About this. Yeah, and uh, we could do an entire show on my. I think I mean we've talked about it, but my my theory of of how Guns and Roses led directly to grunge, and that like cool. Nirvana basically doesn't get absorbed. If there's no Guns N' Roses, because Guns N' Roses is a bridge between hair metal and or and hair rock bands like Poison and stuff like that into uh, grunge and Nirvana and that whole Seattle scene and teen angst and Generation X and like sure. lyrics actually mean something and blah, blah, blah. Um, so sure. you're still rocking, but it's not about partying, man, and hot tubs. And Don't say rocking. Don't, please. Sorry. Don't say rocking. And girls, 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 and strip clubs, and Vince Neil, and blah, blah, blah. 
and, and, and fake devil worship, like shout at the devil. Like Vince Neal is as much of a devil worshiper as I am. That's not a lot. That didn't, that didn't stop my aunt from invading my house. What did she do? She set upon my record collection. What? And started ripping it to pieces. Literally? Yeah, she was one of those people who would literally hold up an album cover, point at it, and say, This is the devil! And then, and then throw it. Or smash the record over her knee? Yeah. Yeah. What? She took, she took, apart, she took apart a lot of my records. And your, um, your my parents did not support this. My parents stood there with their mouths open like, Is this happening? Is this lady really having a breakdown over my son's album collection? Wow, what were the what were the uh, the primary what were the you know the main targets there? What did you have in that collection the, that you went right after? The cover of Stay Hungry, which features Dee Snyder <laughs> in full makeup, crouching in the corner and holding up some raw meat. Yeah, yeah, that, that? that'll do it. That'll do he it. said that was definitely satanic. Because <laughs> Satan loves raw meat, loves it. Guys yeah. in makeup and meat. I don't. I don't even think she knew whether or not Dee Snyder was a guy or a or an ugly broad. A lot of people didn't know that. In in fairness to her, and Motley Crue's "Shout at the Devil." Well, Motley Crue had two real offenders. "Shout at the Devil," of course, had the pentagram right on the cover, uh, a decal over their pictures. Yeah, that wasn't a uh, that wasn't a hard that wasn't a reach. That was right. Right, except that they're, like you said, they're they're party guys from L.A. It had nothing yeah. to do with anything. It was just an image thing. And then the other album cover was just a uh, close-up shot of Vince, Neil, Vince Neil's crotch, which made her angry for other reasons. <laughs> you know, because I was 12. Understandably so. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so she tried to, she tried to convert me right there. Wow. She so didn't need it. Do what? So I needed to come to her church oh, and my. and forsake this music. Good thing she didn't get to the Maiden albums. Oh. Or Judas Priest. Or Judas Right. She would not yeah. be you had you had Maiden albums, right, Peach? Yeah, yeah, Number of the Beast. No, I I'm I'm pretty sure she actually she saw the cover of Number of the Beast. She wouldn't have liked Eddie at all. No. That's the name of the guy, Cal. Uh what guy? Eddie is the mascot for Iron Maiden. He appears Eddie's on the, uh, the all those Iron Maiden albums. The skeleton guy. Yeah, his name is Eddie. His name's Eddie. I didn't know that. Yep. RTU informative New York sports. <laughs> <laughs> Peach, what are the cat names so we can start talking about New York sports? The cats were brought to us as Betsy and Smudge. Sisters nine weeks old. The Bethany's? kids have since named them, renamed them Snickers and Skittles because they're kids, and that's cute. Right. It's that's as if again the kittens weren't cute enough. Right. You could you could have named them like Ass Face or something, and they still would be cute. You didn't have to right. go with Skittles and Snickers. What is it? Snickers and Skittles. It is Snickers. Yeah. They could have named him Carl. Right. <laughs> and Gary. A kitten named Carl would be just adorable. Carl, Carl and Gary. Gary. <laughs> you know what you should do to a kitten for, for just awesomeness? Just throw a blanket over them. <laughs> that is 
That's a good time. I mean, time. it's just hours of entertainment right there. That is a good time. Cover up with a piece of loose leaf paper. <laughs> <laughs> they go bananas. Put it in your shoe. Put it in your shoe. Oh, in the shoe. That's a good one. You know what yeah. would be great, guys? If somebody would videotape this stuff and put it on the web. Oh, I think there's an audience for it. I don't know. I, I wish you could find stuff like this. People might like that. Put a piece of loose leaf over it. You have a piece of paper laying around. It's just lo- it's low tech. You got to keep it low tech. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what's really great? What's really? <laughs> it's really great. You put it on your laptop, like right on the on the keyboard. Oh, look, it's typing. Oh, they love to walk on the keys, but you, you don't want to do that oh, though okay. because. If you if you've ever had adult cats and you have let them do that, you know that adult cats like to park their bodies, yes, r- right on a laptop because it's, it's warm, yeah, and then ruin your life many times. Yeah, but well, adult adult cats not as cute, not as cute as kittens. They can't get away with that stuff. Sort of like adult kids. Adult kids. <laughs> well, you know, kids when they become adults. You know what I meant. I mean, this is Ray Romano bit. It's, <laughs> you mean, it's you mean cute, grown up? It's cute when the little girl does it, and it's not so great when Grandpa does it. That's right. He says, oh, my little grand- girl was biting her big toe. And they're like, oh, that's so cute. But if Grandpa bites his big toe. Unless Grandpa's like 90 <laughs> years old. And, and he, says, goes, Uh-oh. he says something irreverent at Thanksgiving dinner. Then it's, <laughs> then it's cute. Then I it's love my drawers. <laughs> something like that. Please, I haven't had a solid, solid bowel movement in 14 years. It's adorable at the table during Thanksgiving dinner. Hey, I found a good, really good website before you do sports. Okay. I, I have to recommend it to everyone. All right. It's called, it's called Ruined by Fans. Go on. And, and it's a comprehensive chart of things in our culture that have been ruined by its over-eager fans. Like, how, does like, this have, how does this not have to do with sports, by the way? Like, well, yeah, you could instantly relate it to sports, but they, they, they decided to leave sports teams out of it. But, like, they give, like, uh, Arrested Development uh, an average quality of about 80%. You know, it's like 80% reliable and good. But then you have right. to subtract out how much the the really annoying fans just detract from the show. <laughs> oh, wow. And so they, they we, give it a degree we, of ruin, they call it. Can we come back to this in the fun load? This is magnificent. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's great. You know, degree of ruin leads to level of tragedy. <laughs> oh, wow. I want to do this for sports, though. Like, I want to do this. Uh, I want to put – I do want to put sports in the equation because it's – it's spot on. There is stuff that's uh, there are either team. And we Cal and I talk about this all the time. Like the Mets are almost ruined for us by their fans. They're ruined. Ruined. What's that, What's that website? Ruinedbyfans. Dot com. Dot. Oh, it's, it's got a longer name now. <laughs> now you're the grand. Now you're the grandfather at the Don't Thanksgiving table. Don't make me read table. the whole name. Just Google ruined by fans. Dot com? I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Dot Google? How do you do that? Is that on the internet? Last time I was that excited was Betty Grable. (laughs) Betty Grable. Some of these things have been so ruined by fans, they go into the negative. 
which oh, is wow. Which well, is let's, really, let's come back to it. I want I want to hear some of these without a doubt. Absolutely. We're gonna I do won't. we're gonna do the sports type thing now, though. Excellent. It is exciting, Cal. Why don't you give us your big unload intro that you've been working on? In Australian. <clears throat> As Jacko. I can't do it in Australian, ladies and gentlemen. The big unload. Oi! Oh, that was special. I have I have the the mixer page. I can do all sorts of fancy stuff. Let's see. Let's let's do this. The big unload. How was that? Big unload. That's not good. This is just getting awesomer and awesomer. The big, you know, that doesn't. That's like a reverse phaser. Oh boy. What are you, Depeche Mode? <laughs> Your own. No, you should drop into a James Earl Jones there and do a, you know. Do. Bring me the passengers. I want them alive. That would be Bring me the passengers. I want them alive. There it is. That was pretty good. Thank you. Okay. So we owe Big Country about $500 right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for the Big Unload. Uh, and, of course, this episode of Ready to Unload is brought to you by Blue Haven. Cal, we have a date. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> no, not, not you and I so much. Oh. Right. Uh, we have a, the date for our next live remote from Blue Haven. It's going to be June 20th, Thursday night, from 7.30 to 9.30. Uh, we're looking to have some guests. Hopefully, we'll have uh, Stacy Gatsoulias from uh, It's About the Money, Stupid, Yankee Blogger. We have a line out there to Matt Cerrone. Maybe we'll have Matt. That'd be very cool. Um, uh, some Mets bloggers, Jets bloggers. Maybe we'll have a Jet blogger calling in. We're going to have a bunch of people there, T-shirts, stuff to give away. Thursday, June 20th, 2013, 7.30 p.m., www.bluehavennyc.com for details, or rtusports.com for details. Cal, we're going to be live. It's going to be hot action. Two weeks from tonight. Two weeks from tonight. Jay Mafali will be there again doing sound for us again. And it's like you know, he just keeps showing up when we're there. Well, here's the other thing. He loves the burgers. <laughs> He does love he the burger. He really does love that avocado burger. He gets it every time. He has one beer, nice, just so he's loose. You know what always impressed me is that he eats that burger, and he doesn't get a drop on all of that equipment. Right. He's got like a $4,000 24-track mixing board. Way more than – it's very uh, impressive. I feel guilty using that board when I, when we <laughs> right. go there. And he does, and and the other thing is, Kyle, you don't even know he's eating it. No, I always have to check in, like the Italian grandma. Did you eat? It's like the eat? Jay. I didn't even see you eat. Did you eat? Did I always your skin and bones. I always see the burger show up, and then I see it on the side because he's working. You know, he's working hard to make us sound good, and he does a great job of making us sound good. Let's be honest. He really does. He owns a studio, Cal. Well, and then you would expect him to make us sound good. A wind-up shop. But the next thing you know, you look over, that burger's gone. Gone. Like, when did you eat that? How did you do that? Who are you? And he's clean as a whistle. Clean, nothing. Yeah. If I was doing that, Cal, there would be sauce. Oh, God. The avocado. It's all over the place. There'd be a big hunk of avocado in my mouth. Be ketchup all over the microphone. 
The microphone would look like the salad bar at Arby's. The fixings, the fixings bar at Roy Rogers. I'm, you, I'm, I love the fixings bar. I'm sorry, Jay. How much do I owe you for this how microphone? Much? Because I think I have to buy it from you now. Yeah. It, it, it has horsey sauce on it somehow. The fixings bar was terrific. Oh, so good. Roy Rogers had one. Roy, that's what I meant. I, I meant Arby's had one too? I don't know about Arby's. Roy Rogers, though. Legend. Roy Rogers, definitely. I mean, I grew up with that Roy Rogers across the street from my house, the one on right. Jericho Turnpike. Mm-hmm. A catering and tray full of sliced pickles. Why? <laughs> Why? Because because it, w- it went really well on... You know what? This brings me to a favorite condiment that you can't get everywhere, and that's horsey sauce at Arby's. That I owe you everything for horsey sauce. You introduced me to horsey sauce. You yeah. know that. I do know that. And it's magnificent. The the uh, the pub sauce they call it. Yep. In the, in the jar. Yep. Pub sauce, horsey sauce, horse radish sauce on roast beef. Oh my goodness. My God, I don't know how I went twenty five years without it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was lucky enough to uh, you know it's <laughs> if you ever uh, wonder why I might have issues with food, <laughs> a little trouble with my weight. Not to get Farley esque here. Uh, I had literally within less than two, less than, I mean, walking distance. Walking distance is the best way to say it. Like, it's not, a mile is way too much. We're talking no. about feet. Talking probably about by like a thousand feet, maybe. How many feet are in a mile? <laughs> 5,280. Okay, so I'll say within. 500 feet. 500 to 1,000 feet. I had Taco Bell, Roy Rogers. A little bit more. It was across Jericho Turnpike, Cal. But it was a double wide. It's double wide. So were you. (laughs) Nice one, Peach. You know, an insult comic? (laughs) Thanks, Don Rickles. Good one. Speaking of double wide... A look at that! Did you get a look at that guy backing into, backing into the bathroom. Um, within five, I'm going to say a thousand feet. That's fine. Okay, you you will accept that. I'm going to measure it. Within a you can you live there? I, I, yes. Uh, within a thousand feet, I had Taco Bell, Roy Rogers, Buddy's Ice Cream for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Branchinelli's slash Emilio's. Um, a magnificent pizza place, a fantastic Chinese takeout place, and a delicatessen, all within walking. And, and IHOP. IHOP, that's right. And IHOP. And less than a half a mile down the road, I had White Castle. All what you're saying is you and your brother didn't share pants. All, that's correct. All walkable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just remember bulking out. And then my buddy's brother worked at Taco Bell. Oh. Kevin's brother, Tom, worked at Taco Bell. So we would go in there with like three bucks. And he'd hook and, you up. Oh, my goodness. Just Belgrandes and Nachos Belgrande and Taco Supremes. And oh, my goodness. And just we'd waddle home across Jericho Turnpike. <laughs> very dangerous. It, it's a very busy road. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, horsey sauce. Good for you, Peach. Glad you enjoy it. Okay, the big unload. We talked about uh, this being... We had a potpourri show a couple weeks ago, Cal. 
We're not going to go full on potpourri style. Last week, potpourri. Two weeks. Last, last week. week. Last week was pre-feet. All right. And we just talked about the Mets, really. Right. Well, you know what it is. It's, it's this is the time of year where you would you'd get these potpourri. It's a shows. weird time of year. It's a weird time of year. It's and it's, and especially because the Mets stink. The Yankees are really playing well, considering. I mean, they had they had lost seven of eight, but then they sort of righted the ship against the Indians, which they always seem to do. Um, and they the Yankees are an impressive team to me because they have been so shorthanded. I mean, I look in that Mets Yankees series. Oh, and we talked about the Subway Series last week and the sweep. Right. That was before the Mets went down to Miami and got swept. Right. They've won one game since then. That's correct. Um, and what's so impressive about the Yankees to me is that you look in that series against the Mets and you look at those starting lineups, and the Mets starting lineup is admittedly uh, at best a triple-A team with a couple of stars. Uh, the Yankees isn't much better at all. And they're, you know, what, 10 games over 500 or something like that? Well, it, was, it wasn't much better until they got to well, share back and Euclid's back. Right, but they got Granderson back for about eight minutes, and then he right. broke his hand. And Euclid and Teixeira are back, and absolutely. So the, obviously that lineup looks a, a whole lot better. But give the Yankees a ton of credit. Um, and I still am predicting their demise. I still don't think they maintain this. I still think they wind up as like an 84-85 win team. I really, I think they'll be over 500. I don't think they win 90 games. But that's me. Um, but give them a lot of credit, Cal. And... This is something that I wanted to talk to you about in terms of the Mets and Terry Collins. And, of course, the Major League Baseball draft was tonight. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but we were talking this week about Terry Collins and how he's managing and the difference between Terry Collins and Joe Girardi. And Joe, Gimar Joe Girardi is managing, and I've never thought of him as a great manager at all. I think he's doing a fantastic job managing. He is managing every game to win. He is looking at his deficiencies, looking at that starting lineup, looking at what he has to do matchup-wise with the bullpen, and he always overdoes this anyway. But I think with this particular team, it's it's working. He's playing matchups match much more with guys that are not uh, to the back of their baseball cards. So well, you, you, you know, you're putting Lyle Overbay in situations where he can be successful. You're putting Vernon Wells for a time, you know, he was successful for a period just to get them by. Whereas Terry Collins is pulling pitchers in the late innings so they feel good about themselves. Well, we'll, we'll I want to get to Terry Collins in, in a minute. But on your point with Joe Girardi, it's funny. It seems like such a simple concept. The manager is managing to win every game. You would expect that from a manager, but you don't always get that. They don't always do that. They, they don't, don't always do no. that. And, and what Girardi is doing, you said he's playing the matchups and, and he's kind of like making all the right moves and pushing all the right buttons because he has to with the players that he has. Because Vernon Wells, Lyle Overbay, these guys are not sure things anymore. I mean, taking aside guys like Chris Stewart and, you know. Reed Brignac. And Brignac and, I mean, these complete. David Adams. Subs. Like at least Overbay and Vernon Wells were right, everyday major league players. I'm, I'm talking about the other guys, like you know, like you said, the Chris Stewarts and the, and the Bringax and David Adams and right, all those guys. But he's but he's kind of he's kind of forced to manage that way, and it's almost like it's you don't want to say it's a blessing 
because obviously, given his druthers, Joe Joe Girardi would rather have all his his, his guys course. back. He'd, oh, want, he'd, he'd rather have his regulars there, but because he doesn't have his regulars there, he's kind of been put into a position to have to manage differently and use his skill at managing. And uh, and I think he's done a much better job. I think you hit you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, he really he just uh, they're impressive to me, and that's not that doesn't often happen. It, it, you're <laughs> not so quick with the with the compliments either it's yeah it's not even that it's it's more with the yankees you're not let's no no of course i'm not no of course i'm not but i'm also uh, a realist and i'm a baseball fan and i can see when a guy's doing a good job and when a team is overachieving and frankly for the first 50 games they overachieved considering what they were running out there every day right and i think the uh i think the overachieving ended at the best possible time for them because that's when the guys started coming back. Exactly. You know, he kind of got like everything he could get out of these guys. And then when he could get no more, here comes Teixeira and here comes Euclid. Yep. And here comes Andy Pettit, you know? So these guys are starting to come back at, at like the perfect time for them. Yeah. No, I, and I, and I still don't think it leads to a 95 win season. That's just me again, because the guys that are coming back are no, to me are not sure things anymore. And I do think CC Sabathia is going to get hurt at some point. I don't trust that pitching staff. Uh, the starters, they've been magnificent. Kuroda has been great. But I, I just don't trust them over the long term, over the course of a season. I also don't know when you're going to see Derek Jeter again. And that's not a small thing. It's, it's really not. Even from a morale standpoint, it's not a small thing. If he doesn't play a game till August, you know, it's, it's not a small thing. So, was it, is it is it fair to say at this point, you probably will never see Derek Jeter as you knew him again? I, I mean, I, right? Is that fair, Cal? He's thirty nine years old. He's going to wind up missing more than half of this season. I totally agree. When he comes, and everybody's expecting, you know, everybody's expecting Derek Jeter, circa two thousand one, right. to come walking back into the lineup. I don't know if that's fair, and it's not fair to him. To expect yep. that from him? No, I, I agree, and and it you know it's been a lot about um, you know what he means to that team, even just suiting up and being on the field. Let alone the numbers and the, and the statistics that he's been able to put up his play actually on the field. But he's the captain; it's a big deal. Um, so you, you and, and you know we also have to say, look at the Red Sox doing a great job too. Yeah, really impressive. I mean, how much of that is the manager, John Farrell? I know. What, what a change. Think? I think it's got to be a ton. Right? I think it's got to be a ton. I mean, how much must they have hated Bobby Valentine? He's so... You ever watch him on the SNY post-game shows? Yes. He's just so weird. He's a strange cat. Right? Like, you know, like Chris Carlin is talking and he's kind of like setting up the show. And he's over there making faces into the camera and he's pointing and he's just doing weird, like... What Not do you to th- mention what he sounds like. I mean, you can't. It's just, you can't. I mean, you I'm guys lo- are kind of... You do. You do, Bobby V. Or Bobby Valentine. Some of these guys, you know, these guys are overperforming. He's a Muppet. He, he is, is a, a Muppet. Muppet. Yeah. This, give me, here's a, there's, this is the SNY postgame show. 
Carlin, who's terrible. Sorry, stinks. I don't well, know. He doesn't stink. You're right. He doesn't stink. I just... I know. I think what I'm doing is I'm I'm lumping his radio performance, which is not very good to me, on WFAN, in with his hosting. His hosting's not bad. You're absolutely right. He's not bad. I mean, he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's serviceable. He is absolutely serviceable. You're absolutely right. And thank you for calling me out on that. I jumped the gun there. And again, I'm I'm not calling you out. You know, guys can do – I'm calling PJ out. Guys can do – oh, that's right. Sweeps week. (laughs) Guys can do that, though. Guys and uh, men and women in this this field can do that. They can be great uh, at one my land. Is that what it's come to? We've come to get off my land. Is that what we're doing? Who was that? Sam Shepard? What are you doing? It's very gimmicky. Instant impression. Give us a little Sam Shepard. Come on. You got it. You've seen uh you've seen you've seen enough Namit plays to be able to do Sam Shepard. Come on, Neil Abute. Let's go. Let's have it. <laughs> I've got a I've got a, a short monologue from the Pelican Brief I'd like to do. No. And it goes a little something. <laughs> it's like. a little something like this. You shot my paw. Wow. That was better than the movie. No, no, that right there was better than the movie in its entirety. The whole movie. The whole Pelican Brief. That was more entertaining. What you just did. Not, I'm not a fan. I can see that. I like the Grisham stuff. I'm not a fan of that. Cal, where do you stand on A Time to Kill, by the way? I don't hate it. I'm, I'm, I'm not really... It doesn't get me excited. If it's on... I'll watch it. 4 I o'clock will... Saturday. Kids are out. Wait, wait, wait. 4 o'clock Saturday? <laughs> I'm watching TV? Kids are out. Kids are what out. I haven't I haven't watched television at four o'clock on a Saturday unless it was a sporting event or I was watching Austin and Allie with my kids. My bad. Or, or Jesse. Right. Hey, I'll be honest. I'm not watching sports either at four o'clock on a Saturday anymore. I'm watching Peppa Pig. I mean Yeah, I have not. It is what it is. Four o'clock in the morning on Saturday mornings. Right. Okay, four, let's do that then. Four o'clock in the morning, you're up. You've it been comes kicked, on. You've been kicked out of bed, whatever it is. I don't change the channel. You're watching, right? Yeah, I hang with it. It's not bad. No. Rainmaker. I like the Rainmaker. So where, all right, so where do you stand on the Grishams then? Where do you rank them? Uh, I like the Rainmaker best, I think. Really? Yeah. Did you read any of the books? I read the Pelican Brief. <laughs> so weird. Like what Grisham <laughs> you've read? That's the you know one. I mean? I've read. Uh, no, I've read A Time to Kill. No, uh, uh, I stand corrected. Books on tape, A Time to Kill. So you've listened to A Time to Kill. I've listened to A Time to Kill while driving cross country. Don't forget, I drove cross country twice in before cell phones and, and satellite radio, and and satellite radio, and MP3s, and all that jazz. Right. I drove once in 1999 and once in 2001. So books on tape was that was it. That in minor league baseball. Right. 
Because the one time I drove, the first time I drove in 99, I drove by myself. This was going out. Going out to L.A., right. Right. So I drove down to Florida, stayed with my mom for a day or two, and then left from Florida to L.A. And I made it to L.A. in five days from Florida. Stopped in New Orleans, Dallas, for like four hours outside of somewhere in New Mexico, and then went right to L.A. Um, and the only thing that got me through Texas was minor league baseball because I could get it on my, so, you know, driving through Texas is like two days. Right. <laughs> I'm in this car. It was July. I'm in this car without air conditioning. Good move, everybody. Or like I could only use the air conditioning for like an hour at a time. <laughs> Otherwise the car would overheat. So you had to go like an hour on hour off sort of thing. Uh, huh. So, uh, and I was driving, you know, towards dusk or whatever, so it was better. At least it was it was only 105. <laughs> you had a breeze. Yeah, it's good when you see the tumbleweeds, like, rolling by your car at 85 miles an hour. Like, they're keeping up with you. And the middle of West Texas, like, just nothing, like, not getting reception. I've played every CD, because I had the CD converter with the tape. Yeah. And then into my little, wa- my disc man. Every CD has been played. Many, many, I've listened to the entire Beatle catalog like six times. I can't sing anymore. My voice is raw because I've just been singing to keep myself awake. I have a cell phone, but it's only for emergencies. This is 1999. It's like I had a Qualcomm cell phone that I could call Don Johnson on. <laughs> <laughs> I could get Crockett or Tubbs on there if I needed to. But only one of them because it was an emergency. That's correct. You couldn't waste it on both of them. Yeah, so I couldn't. It's not like I had a signal. In the middle of West Texas, there was like one cellular tower at that point. <laughs> and it was in Wyoming. So, uh, but I got minor league baseball on the radio, on AM. I got two games, uh, opposite ends of the dial. And I listened to both those games all the way through. for like, And I got lucky enough that one game went like 16 innings. And it was a it was a ridiculous. I would love to look this game up somewhere, because it was a ridiculous game where like the home team, whoever it was, I think it was Double A. It was either Double A. It was either Double A or Triple A. But the home team scored like sixteen runs in the first four innings, and the visiting team came back and tied it. <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous. Like I think the final score was like eighteen seventeen or something. It was fantastic. Got me through. Got me through to New Mexico. Wow. That's a country song. Got me through to New Mexico? <laughs> Minor League Baseball. It was the... <laughs> oh, I don't know. Something about my dog and my pickup and Minor League right. Baseball. My wife left me. Something. Chevy. I had a drinking problem. Chevy's in there. Right. Budweiser. Something. 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 Jack Daniels. Something. Something. Right. My dog died, something, something, blue Chevy. Something, something, coffee and a waitress named Flo. And song. That's it. Um, we were about to move on to the Mets. Yes. But before we do that, I'd like to ask you a question. And then we can talk about the Mets. I'm all ears. Two questions, actually. First one. I know it's not football season, but we haven't talked football in a while. 
And I have a question for you about Victor Cruz. Okay. What What do you think is going to... Now, I've, I've been talking to McWalters about this a ton. Um, our buddy K-Mac, the resident Giant fan. Huge, biggest Giant fan in the world. He's a great Giant fan. And he thinks that he will sign. He thinks Victor Cruz will sign. How does this work out for you, Cal? Because, and, and the reason I bring it up is because Steve Smith, the giant Steve Smith, not the Carolina Panthers Steve Smith, who said Mark Sanchez couldn't throw a sack lunch at him, what do you say? Or paper bag or something? Something silly. Yeah, he said something stupid about Mark Sanchez. Um, Steve Smith retired this week. I don't know if you saw that. No. Yes. So he had a 107-catch season with the Giants. He's on the Super Bowl team in 2007. He's an integral part of that. Then contract disputes, he sort of holds out. He leaves via free agency. You know, he gets hurt. You know, he, he's going to play out his free agency year, but he gets hurt. He tears up his knee. He's never the same player. He retires. Never, ha- never having gotten the big paycheck, ever. Right. And what do you think happens with Victor Cruz, Cal? I mean, does he is is Steve Smith not a cautionary tale for him? Uh, he's a, he's a cautionary tale in that that happened to anybody. But Victor Cruz, you have to admit the similarities are there, right? The similarities are there. I mean, Vic, Victor Cruz is a much better player than Steve Smith. Why, why do you why do you say that? I think that's my opinion. That's why I say it. That's my opinion. Very well then. I've got. Is that what we're doing on this show? I've, I've got no scientific evidence to back that up. I did not come prepared. With that, is that what we're doing now? It's an opinion. Oh, we're giving opinions now. All right. Right? Why not? I did not get that memo in the RTU mailbox. Again, that's the intern. Yep. Boy. Well, we ran out of inter-office envelopes today, so. That might have been part of the problem. That could have been it. Um, I believe that Victor Cruz is a better player than Steve Smith was, but I would agree with you. If you have a chance to get that payday, even if it's less than what you want, I think you have to take it. In a sport like football, I mean, that's, you know, in a sport where contracts are not guaranteed and injuries, right? injuries are a certainty. And in a sport like football, where it is, it's the norm to hold out after two years to get a better right. contract. It's just the the attrition rate is ridiculous. I mean, you're yeah. going to get hurt in football. You're a professional football player. You're going to get hurt. Period. There's no way around it. At some point in your career, you're going to get hurt. The only question is, will it be career ending or catastrophic, or will it be something that you can play with? The yeah. other thing, the other thing with Victor Cruz is he's coming off a year which he, in which he made what five hundred thousand dollars. Uh, I think so. Yeah, he made he made peanuts. So he's he's looking for a huge jump, right? Which he's good enough to to be paid that much. You you have two years here with uh, with uh, Victor Cruz. You have uh, two years ago he uh, seven starts, sixteen games, eighty two catches, fifteen thirty six, nine touchdowns. I mean, tremendous year, eighteen point seven yards per catch. Uh, I mean, just a fantastic year. Um, then last year? year, 16 games, 16 starts. Now he's the starter. Uh, 86 catches, 1092. So 500 yards less. 
or 440 yards less. 12.7 yards per reception. Big difference. Ten touchdowns, though. One more touchdown. Right. He's had he's had two very, very good years. Uh, and one exceptional year. One very, very good year. Steve Smith in 2009. 16 games, 15 starts, 107 catches, 1,220 yards, and seven touchdowns. It's comparable. Okay. 11.4 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a team with Plaxico Burris. And on a team that didn't throw as much, nearly as much, as the 11 and 12 Giants did. Then the next year, he gets hurt. So he's on his way to a nice year, seven starts in nine games, 48 catches for 529 and three touchdowns. He's on his way to a nice year, he gets hurt, and he never gets the payday. Well, he signed with Philadelphia. Did he get a contract? But because he got hurt in his contract year. Oh, so he, he kind of signed for... A lower contract with right. Philly. Okay. So with Philly, he he plays in eleven games, one start, nine game uh, nine games total, eleven catches for one hundred and twenty four. Last year he's with the Rams. He plays in nine games. He has fourteen catches, and now he's out of the league. Okay, he's he's a whopping uh, twenty eight years old. So to answer your question, yes, this is a cautionary tale. Just make a move. I mean, you, and the other reason it's a it's a cautionary tale is because it's the Giants. Right. We've seen this movie before. Now, I don't blame Victor Cruz for not playing on his contract either. He deserves more money. But it seems, by all accounts, the Giants have made him a reasonable offer, right? Yes. What was that offer? Do we know? Don't know. Don't know. Okay. But it was, you know, whatever. Four, even if it's four years and twenty five or thirty or whatever, that's a reasonable offer, man. Yeah. As long as there's six or seven million dollars a year, right? And as long as twenty of that is guaranteed, just mm-hmm. you know, quit playing around. How old is Victor Cruz? Do you Victor have that Cruz right is uh, twenty-five. He's twenty-six. Yeah. So in two years he'll be twenty-eight. He could he's going to be twenty-seven that this season, though. Cal turns twenty-seven. All right, but November eleventh. Yeah, but my point is, he could sign that contract now, get twenty million dollars guaranteed, and then in two years, if he stays healthy, renegotiate no. your contract. That's it. Get an extension, yeah. and now you've got twenty million dollars in the bank. That's right. It's it's not it's not a matter of just taking whatever's offered. I mean, uh, that's not what I'm saying. No, but I, he might be he might be he's overplaying his hand here a bit. Getting bad advice. Yeah. He changed his agents too. Yes. Didn't he fire Drew Rosenhaus? I believe he did. So you know, Kevin's Kevin's theory. K Mac, our, our our real big giant fan buddy. His theory is K Mac's theory is that the agent is. His new agents are familiarizing themselves with the Giants. And so they're starting from square one. And so that's why it's taking a while. And, you know, but I mean, between him and Hakeem Nix, you know, who didn't, you know, said he was going to go to OTAs and reneged on going to OTAs and Tom Coughlin didn't know where he was. And they asked his agent about, did you see this, Cal? They asked Hakeem Nix's agent if he was making a statement by not going to OTAs. And the agent's response was something like, isn't it a beautiful day outside? Like, literally. It was a complete non-sequitur. Wow. Schefter tweeted that today. So, there's going to be trouble with Hakeem Nix. The Giants have contract trouble at these wide receiver spots, and they got to get it worked out because Eli Manning needs those two guys. You can't go into the season with Reuben Randall, you know, uh, Ramsey's Barden, and Dominic Hickson. 
I don't even think they have Ramsey's Barden anymore. No, they signed him back. They signed him back last week because okay. I think because of all this. Yeah, they they've got no. They're missing their top two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have Reuben Randall, who you know looked real good last year as a rookie or whatever. But it's, I just brought it up because of the Steve Smith retirement. That was interesting to me. Now the Jets. I have one question for you. I just have one question for Mr. Mellon in 27 parts. I'd like to break him into 27 parts. Uh, that guy is tremendously underrated in that movie. Can we please just classify that as one of the underrated performances in a in a two-and-a-half star comedy of all time? Would you even give it two-and-a-half stars? I'm outraged. <laughs> That's the one we use at work all the time. Well, gee whiz, Phil. He said he was sorry. <laughs> I'm satisfied. I'm outraged. What? Back to school? You wouldn't get back to school two and a half stars? Um, Cal, gather yourself. Does Jason Gordon ruin it? Is that the problem? I haven't seen it in, in oh, years. Very, very good. In years. Very good. Robert Dash Jr. before comeback. I've never been a Rodney Dangerfield guy. Oh, how dare you. I'm sorry. And that was it for the podcast. 143 episodes. And that's how it ended. Three and a half years. The credits are rolling. The credits are <laughs> RT would like to thank uh, Paul Cachopo. Thanks, Paul. This has been a really good time. But I can't work with a man who doesn't like Rodney Dangerfield. Period. I can't believe it's over. <laughs> Wait, you don't like him in movies, or you just don't like him? I don't like him in movies. So, stand-up-wise, you're okay with him? He's funny. Really? Yeah, movies, well, I mean, I, obviously, Caddyshack, he was great. And there's, there's some movies where he was he was very funny. About Easy Money. <sighs> oh, colossally underrated movie. Nonplussed. <laughs> he leaves you cold. He leaves me one wanting. Should not, one should not put Rodney Dangerfield and Nonplus in the same sentence. Wow, why? He's strict. <laughs> I didn't you'd get ne- that. You'd rule. never pass my course. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you will never. Ever. That's because your course is intended to be unpassable. Oh, it's this. Look at the fireworks fly. Sweeps weak. Sweeps week. Um, Beach, where do you stand on uh, on Victor Cruz on Easy Money and Victor Cruz? Easy Money and uh, uh, Back to School are oh boy, they're good two and a half stars of their generation. I think they both lose a half star over the decade. That's fair. Easy money, I think, is way better than it gets credit for, though. I mean, look, it's it's not Lawrence of Arabia. I'm just saying it's, it's a very right, that was movie. hilarious. <laughs> exactly as comedies go. Easy money's. I mean, Taylor Negron alone in Easy Money steals the show. Joe Pesci in Easy Money, very very good. All right. I, I, I have. He's being Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. 
I mean, he's he's the same guy he's in Caddyshack. <laughs> I love I Rodney think... Dangerfield because he lived his life in a bathrobe. Just just for that, yeah. I just always oh, loved he the was, guy. He was crazy. Like, you listen to Marin uh, uh, and the podcast and all the comedians that talk about Rodney Dangerfield just... I mean, just uh, that's a life. That was a life lived. The heaviness, man. Oh, the heaviness. I tell you, it's heavy. I uh, I loved Rodney Dangerfield. Do oh, you rem- do you remember when the Mets uh, created the whole campaign? It was I think it was nineteen eighty five. Mm-hmm. Opening day two, and they had Rodney Dangerfield come and throw out the first pitch. Yep. And the whole concept was he gets no respect, so he gets invited to opening day two. Yep. The I second game. I absolutely remember this. You remember Where, that? The Mets are just like me. They get no respect. No, the, 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 the Mets crafted – well, that was before Jeff Wilpon was, was running things. And, you know, they did clever, fun things like that. They didn't ruin relationships with minor league organizations. What? Oh, we're going to get to the Wilpons in a moment. Oh, Okay. Is we're putting out a book. We are. How about yes. Ladybugs? Was that a good Rodney movie? <laughs> why you got to do that? See, you why that was with the late go? Jonathan Brandeis. And wait, yeah. what? Yes, or Jonathan. Yeah. Wait, what? He's dead. Why Jonathan am I always the last to hear these things? He committed suicide a couple years ago. What? Jonathan, you know Jonathan Brandeis, right? I think so. You don't even know who I'm talking about, do you? He was on a sitcom. He's a young, wide-eyed... Yeah. Kind of like a Jason Hervey type. Sort of a Corey Mm -hmm. Haim of the day. Anybody else? Corey Haim also gone. Yeah, way to bring the show down, guys. Good job. It sweeps (laughs) week. Let's talk about our favorite tragic celebrity. Gee whiz. Anybody got anything on the Titanic? Who's the Sam who got murdered? Let's talk about her. Oh, Rebecca Schaefer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I knew I mean, you'd have that name. I knew you'd have it. Yeah. That's Are we why doing I this? can't feud with you. How about the Poltergeist kids? Huh? All the, the little girl in Poltergeist? Want to bring that one up, too? Heather O'Rourke? Yes. <laughs> why do you know all these names, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, the Poltergeist kids kind of had it coming. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't know who the other kids are, though. No, the girl, right? The girl the, was the murdered guy, by her boyfriend. The, right, and and none of this sister. is right. None of this is urban legend. No, like this happened. Right. Yeah. So the old, yeah, the 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 girl who plays the uh, the older sister was like murdered by her boyfriend or something. Wow, this is too dark. I can't do this. I can't do this. Let's talk about the Jets. Let's I talk can't. about the Will Parks. <laughs> Let's talk about the. I have a question about the Jets. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> the heaviness. Oh. If you were uh no, better. It's June third. You mean Friday? Or right. whatever that was? The football season starts September fourteenth. Right. It's June third. It's a sunny day, Florham Park, New Jersey. New Jersey. And you're watching a team in what they call OTAs. What does that stand for? OTAs? Organized Training Activities. Okay. 
practice. It's not even practice, Callan. I'll tell you why. Practice is mandatory. OTAs are voluntary. You don't have to even be there. I mean, you'd like to see them there. You'd love to see them, but it's not required. Not in your contract. So, you're at a football practice. Not even. Activity. Organized training activity in Florham Park, New Jersey. I'm watch. I'm there. I'm watching. You're watching. Okay. You're reporting back. On what I... Okay. Okay. And you notice something right away. The players, the football players, are wearing shorts and T-shirts and helmets. They're not wearing pads. No pads. There's nary a shoulder pad to be found. So nobody's really hitting There is no hitting. It's not even that they're not really hitting. There's no hitting. At all. Okay. At all. It's kind of like gym football. That's correct. It's not even flag football. It's tag football. With helmet. touch. They're playing two-hand touch. Right. Like gym class, seventh period, you go out and play football. That's right. And I'm watching this. You're watching this. And they're doing their activities and drills. And you can't understand. No, wait, better. You think at the end of these six organized training activities, after seeing a couple of quarterbacks in 11-on-11 and 7-on-7 drills... With no pads, no contact. Oh, but wait, I'm going to throw a wrinkle in. They're learning a new offense in this practice. They've never practiced it before. So they're running plays that they don't really know. Never run. What to run. Am I keeping track of statistics while this is going on? Oh, you are. Yeah. Yeah, you are. There's two quarterbacks in particular you're paying very close attention to. One is Mark Sanchez, and the other one is rookie Geno Smith. Right. See, the, first, the, the, the former is the one from the butt fumble. That's right. You have to get that in immediately. Right. From the please, butt fumble. Please hashtag that on everything you do. And the latter is an entitled rookie who just fired his agent. Yep. And hired Jay-Z. Very sensitive kid. Yep. Right. So you're watching this practice with no pads, no hitting, not organized at all, watching two quarterbacks putting in plays they've never run before. But wait, here's another one. You know how there's like usually starting guys, like really good, you know, or, or have played in the league before? You know, guys that you project out to be you know, starters and that are, are, are have a track record and are pretty good. Sure. Yeah, those guys aren't playing. Well, they're not there. They're not there. Who 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 are they throwing to then? Couple of guys. I'm not even sure they know their names. In fact, Cal, I can do you one better. Mark Sanchez said today he and Geno Smith don't know a lot of their names. 
They've never met them before. Are they football players? They are. They're what they call undrafted free agents. Oh, okay. So not really good enough to play in the league, but good enough for these practice sessions. That's right. Because the top four receivers that you have are hurt and not participating in the voluntary organized training activities. Okay. I so, think I think I've got all of this. So you see this picture. Okay. Now you're going to go to a press conference with the beleaguered, sure-to-be-fired head coach, the blustery Rex Ryan. Right. He's, he just, he's full of braggadocio. That's right. You never know what he's going to say. He's a loose cannon. Get those pen and papers ready. Have your recorder at the handy. Sure to give you a soundbite. And you're going to ask him repeatedly when he's going to name a starting quarterback based on what he's just watched for six days. Can I, can I reference the performance in these workouts? Absolutely. Emma, wait, wait, wait. There's more. Oh, no, okay. I'm going to give you another qualifier. You're going to be mystified when he says, I'm nowhere near naming a starting quarterback based on these practices. Only a fool would do such a thing. You're going to be indignant. He better do it soon. He needs to have one in place by minicamp. Now, I ask you, Brian, would you expect that head coach to know who his starting quarterback was? In this scenario that you've painted, if I'm one of these writers, if I'm if I'm in the shoes of the individuals that are asking him the question, uh, I would expect that he would name a quarterback. Right then and there. On the spot. Yep. He's seen enough. Well, also because his offensive coordinator a couple weeks ago said they'd like to have a starting quarterback before training camp. Yeah. So this seems like as good a time as any just kind of throw that out there. Right. And after the head coach has said to you, I'm nowhere near naming it, which he shouldn't be, by the way. Those of us maybe slightly more level-headed Jet fans are sort of glad he may actually wait till, I don't know, they can hit each other before naming a starting quarterback. For a season that's four months away. Three months, well, sorry. Three months away. Well, see, the thing is, Steve, mm-hmm. my narrative is already written. Oh. And my narrative is that this, this blustery braggadocio of a coach is a buffoon. Right. Who would name his starting quarterback on June 3rd? Based on that. Based on that. And the fact that he's not doing that right now, 
you see, that aggravates me because my story is written. Right. And now I've got to go back Very and I've got to I've got to change that story. Yes. It's I mean, it's written. It's in my I I have my Microsoft Word document all formatted nice. I've hit control F2. I've used uh 12 point font Tahoma. <laughs> is my preference. Got it all written out. There's a snappy headline. Ah, I just uh, about same old jets somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, dead man walking, referring to this coach. Right. Butt fumble. Just put it in there. Get it somewhere. It got to be in there. Just shows up. Yeah, it's got to be in there. And now I've got this story written, and I've got this narrative set, and he's not cooperating. What am I going to do with all this paella? <laughs> now what? Now what? So I'd be a little annoyed. And yep. and what I would do then is I would continue to press this coach. And I would ask him over and over and over again, don't you think you should name a, a quarterback? Haven't you seen enough? Isn't it time? I mean, Coach. Geno Smith here for four practices. What are you coach, waiting for? Coach, the, I, I've got numbers right here, and I can read them to you. Uh, Geno Smith was 7 of 17. He, he he threw ten. He threw the football ten times, and it didn't hit one of these undrafted free agents. They right. they couldn't catch it. Right. Or you could be like a certain beat reporter and write and tweet Mark Sanchez and Geno taking turns overthrowing receivers. Right. Down the middle of the on passes. Right on June third. On June third, putting in a new offense, and lo and behold, by the way, Brian, we find out later on that the quarterbacks. In one of those drills, we're working on throwing the ball away. Working on that. That's part of the drill, to throw the ball away. But anyway, look, enough. I, I'll have, and thank you for indulging me in that. Well, because it was ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And here's what I've taken out of OTAs. Okay? <laughs> My offer is this. Nothing. Not even the fee for the gaming license, which I'd be happy if... Not which I'd appreciate if you put up. No, I... I've taken out of it that Steve Young said something very interesting this week about Mark Sanchez. He said he saw a beaten guy. He said in the Tennessee game, he saw a guy who gave up. He used the word capitulated, which is Steve Young, go easy. That's not BYU education. <laughs> but he, he said he gave up, and he really did. I thought that was a great way of putting it. I was not able to sort of uh, sum it up as well as, as he did. Capitulated is actually a great word because that's what happened in that Tennessee game. He was basically throwing the ball up, he had given up. And can he be rebooted? Can he start over? Can he be fixed? Steve Young was, frankly, you know, skeptical if he could still do it in New York, but he said if Marty Morningwig is there, and if it's still in Mark Sanchez to be a a good quarterback and a good NFL quarterback, which Steve Young, to his credit, said he was in 2010, he was on his way to becoming that, Marty Morningwig's going to get it out of him. So what I take from this training camp, Sanchez, say whatever you want about him, but fumble, all this ridiculousness, he is unfazed. That is one confident kid. I have to give him a ton of credit. Now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, he, now, he, he, he was, I mean, he, all that confidence oh, he that was he destroyed, had destroyed. was gone at the end yeah. of last year. I'm saying it seems to be back and it seems to be genuine. Okay. And when he answers questions about his headband or the criticism that he takes, or the butt fumble, which they've all asked him about. 
And he says stuff like, you know, I really don't care. I don't care. I could spend all day worrying about it. I'm not worried about that. I'm trying to ingest an offense. You know, I don't care. I I believe him. I don't think he does care. I think the kid's single-minded, and I think he's going to try to win back this team. Is he going to be able to do it? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I think Marty Morningwig was a great hire, Cal. I think it's becoming more and more clear that if there's one guy that maybe could do it, it's him. You know, short of like a John Gruden or somebody like that, it's Marty Morningwig. The ties to Bill Walsh, the ties to Mike Holmgren. Uh, it, it, that might have been the best acquisition they made all year. But and and I loved his answer about Jet fans. Asked about you know what 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 would you say to Jet fans who want to see you replaced? I mean, he was asked this the other day, and he said, "I don't I I don't I don't worry about." His quote was something like, "I don't worry about Jet fans. They'll be fine. They're resilient and they're loyal. They'll be okay." You know, good for him. I think the other thing you're seeing is that uh, is that maybe that Geno Smith. Um, is, is going to take a while. might take a while to learn this offense. And that there's a reason they've kept Mark Sanchez around. It wasn't as simple as cutting him. Like everybody says, still speculates that they're going to. They're not going to go into a season with Geno Smith. And he, Greg McElroy. And Greg McElroy and Matt Sims. See, what everybody misses, Cal, is that they don't think they suck. They're not planning on losing this year. That's not in Rex Ryan's makeup. It's just not. They still very well may go 3-13. and 13. They don't have a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball. I think defensively, who knows? Maybe he's cooking something up. Maybe he's got himself a stew. But you know what? You, you watched his press conference yesterday. Yeah, I did. And, and you kind of came away from it, if not impressed, but you felt kind of good about it, right? I did. I, I look. I I've been able to give, or I've been willing to give Rex Ryan a ton of slack over the years. Not, you know, by the end of last year, Cal, we both wanted him gone. You know, I'm still not convinced he's going to be a long-term solution for the Jets. But I will say this year, he's done something smart, and that is he's gone back to the defense. You know, we desperately want this guy to be a coach for the whole team. Maybe it's not. Maybe he's not, Cal. But maybe he just needs somebody there on the offensive side of the ball that can be the head coach of the offense. That maybe he finally has the guy he can entrust the entire offense to and be hands-off. Not even be, you know, wristband with the color-coded and stuff like that, but be hands-off, truly hands-off. Yeah, but Steve, he can be hands-off if that works, but he's got to have his finger on it, and he's got to know what's going on. I'm not you know? saying he doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't have to know what's going on. But to refocus on what he's good at, that was the other thing I took away from the press conference, Kyle. Like, he's in the defensive meetings every day. He's putting in this defense. He had gotten away from that. You know, so he's still in on the offensive meetings. He's still going to be there and stuff. But he, I think he trusts Marty Morningwig more than he trusted anybody else. You know, but you know, we said the same thing about Tony Sperano. So, you know, who knows? We don't know. Yeah, you know, we do know that <laughs> Tony Sperano was not 
well thought of. You know, we thought at first this was a good hire because Rex finally made a hire that he likes and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we tried to, and, and we were wrong. We were dead wrong. Tony Sperano's offense was, uh, at best, remedial. Yeah. At best. That's a good I mean, word for it. I mean, you have you have guys now coming out, Cal. Have you seen some of the quotes about the comparison between and and again, credit to Sanchez, who does not throw Sperano under the bus and could. But just the comparison between Morning Week's offense and Sperano's offense. Oh, some of the quotes have been magnificent. You know, just about just about it's like going from you know, running a high school offense to, to like, running a pro offense. <laughs> so the, the other thing I was impressed with with the press conference, Bri, was just that he he had a sense of the criticism that's out there about the team and about him. And Which he addressed good. it. He it's took good. it on. He needs to have that awareness. He made the comment about Copels and Demario Davis, which I thought was great. You know, that bust, Demario Davis, you guys are all convinced he's a bust. You know, and Copels too. While we're at it, and I think you're going to see those guys. I think those guys are going to be a lot closer to what I said they were than what you said they were. You know, like a little indignant. Good, get pissed off. And the comment about you know Sheldon Richardson playing, you know, the playing like play. a jet. Yeah, playing like a jet. Right. And he said, you know, he said, you know, you guys, that's sort of like a bad thing. You know, what does that mean or whatever? You know, we get we get sort of. Grief for saying that, but we know what it means. It means we don't have to teach desire. Guys fly around. We don't have to teach desire. We can teach technique. We can teach school. You know. So anyway, it's June. We already, we we need to get to our guide to surviving the Wilpons. So let's do that. Let's do that. D- dumpling sound. Uh, <laughs> From dumpling sound books. Dumpling sound publishing. Publishing. Cal, the Wilpon thing that came out this week that we do need to just look, the, the Mets went from the highest of highs back to losing three games to the Marlins, who had won 13 games all year, and now have won six of their 16 games against the Mets. Um, and really just once again reminding us that this is just a disaster and not going anywhere. It's going to be a terrible season. And then we read that Sandy Alderson has said, that if they're not going to, if the Wilpons are not going to spend money, if things are not going to change, I'm leaving. He said that. Well, that was what uh, Cerrone, Matt Cerrone had had on Mets blog. That a number of his sources, who I trust more than a beat reporters. There it is. I was waiting all week for it. It's so good. Make it louder. It's so good. Oh, it's just so good. This is our Met theme song. You know, I was listening back to last week's show, and it it could not be more perfect. And Peach, the way you cut it, like the way it comes up, and it's just, ah, quit. Like, it's just so perfect for the mess. It's just so perfectly cut. It really, honestly, your best, your best work. I th- I always thought the Rex Ryan Schneikies was pretty good. Or the R.A. Dickey song. Remember the R.A. Dickey song? That was pretty good. When he dropped that one on us, Knuckleball. When he dropped the Knuckleball song on us, that was pretty good. But that is that is hot action. Cal, so then 
it comes out that Sandy Alderson is not going to put up with this. See, I, this is this is news to me. So, please. Oh. I didn't know about this. Oh. Yeah. On Mets blog, apparently, according to sources close to Sandy Alderson, if the Wilpons do not go along with the plan and spend and or allow Sandy Alderson to spend some of that $50 million coming off the books next year, right? you put the winner in place for 2014, he's leaving. He has an option for 2015, he'll quit because his reputation is starting to be tarnished. Okay. Because they're handcuffing him and yeah. because he can only do so much. So that was an interesting story, and it was piggybacked with the story about why the Mets have a minor league team in Las Vegas. That I saw. Why the Nye Mets have a AAA team in Las Vegas, and apparently Jeff Wilpon has burned every bridge with every minor league organization that the Mets have ever worked with. So we have Jeff Wilpon a week after he gives up on the 2013 season in a, in a ceremony honoring Yankee Mariano Rivera. Like, <laughs> that I love. Like you can't, that's magnificent. It's not just that he punted the 2013 season and declared it over with 110 games to go. He did it at a ceremony Honoring a Yankee at City Field. See, I didn't have a problem with the ceremony. I, I don't. No, no, no. I don't have a problem with the ceremony. I have a problem with those two things happening at the same time. Right. Like it's just so Jeff Wilpon to be. You're going to catch flack for honoring a Yankee at your stadium to begin with. Here's a good idea: punt the season with 110 games left. So, what can we do, Cal? We're going to get Zach Wheeler in a couple of weeks. Maybe by August we'll get Travis Darno. You know, Matt Harvey is our phenom. We asked for one. We got one, right? We bitched and moaned about the idea that our teams didn't have one of the elite young players in the game, the Andrew Luck, the RG3, the Sidney Crosby, the, the Strasburg, the Bryce Harper. Well, we got two while we weren't looking. We got John Tavares and we got Matt, uh, Matt, Matt Harvey. So, if we know what the plan is with Alderson. We know what he's trying to do. He said this week they're going to be buyers at the deadline. He could see them being buyers at the deadline to build for next year. Right, not necessarily to buy for this year. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, you, you hear guys like Andre Ethier out there, maybe Carlos Go oh, Cargo, which I, I can't even talk about rationally. Um, you know, Mike Stanton, all this stuff. How do we as fans – we have no recourse. We've talked about this on the show a million times with our owners. We have no recourse. Well, all we, we have – All we can do is not go. Right. That's our recourse. But us not going is a drop in the bucket. It doesn't do anything. And we're just depriving ourselves. You know? We, we are, are sacrificing – for what, though? For what? Like, not not that they're putting a product on the field that we're we're running to to go see, you know. But think about it. Zach Wheeler is going to come up in a couple of weeks. In a perfect world, I would like to get tickets to see his first start at City Field. I'll do you one better. I'd love to go to a weekend 
where Harvey pitches on Friday night and Wheeler pitches on Saturday night. I go to both those games. Right. So how do you reconcile that? You want to see that, but you also you don't want to give these 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 guys money. I'm not spending. I I I said it on the show, and I've been good with it. I haven't bought a hat. Haven't bought a shirt. I bought one hat for my son. That's different. Doesn't count. He asked for it. He and asked for a Met hat. So small. Do? So. Yeah. And it's, it's like, a very small hat. It's like not even a hat. Yeah. It's a toddler hat. It's a beanie. Yeah. Did you buy him a Met beanie? I did buy him a Met beanie. Because you know he doesn't get ridiculed enough for his father making him a Met fan. I bought him a little Met beanie with the little. You know, the little pinwheel on top. Uh, <laughs> the propeller. I brought him a Met beanie with a propeller on top, and I make him wear it. Did you dress him like one of those characters on Sabago, Sabado Gigante? <laughs> I did. Put the freckles on him. Right. The adults dressed like the schoolboys? Right. I put the three freckles on him and the suspender shorts. The Met suspender shorts, by the way. Of course. Because he doesn't get made fun of enough. Just loud blue right. and orange. So I haven't spent a dime. I've made good on that. I haven't gone back to the ballpark. I want to. But it's a dry, you're right, it's a drop in the bucket. What can we do? We have no recourse. We need to write a, a guide to surviving the Wilpons. What are the rules? Can you watch? Can you watch on TV? Can you go to a game with your family? Can you make an excuse? What are the rules? We need, we're going to start it tonight and we're going to continue it throughout the summer. We're writing the RTU guide for surviving the Wilpons. And the reason why we need a guide is because these guys are not going not anywhere. Not going anywhere. Ever. 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 If they weren't forced out, what did you call it? The biggest Ponzi scheme? Right. <laughs> they, were in, <laughs> they were intricately involved in the biggest Ponzi scheme fraud in the history of mankind. And they were not forced to sell the team. Not a, they, try to wrap your head around this. Uh, I can't. Not only did they lose all their money in this, so they lost all their money. They leveraged the team and the stadium because they lost all their money in this Ponzi scheme. And they were buddies with the guy. <laughs> the, the guy had a Met jacket. The guy with his name on the back. Box. He had a Met jacket. They were best friends with the guy. They didn't know a thing. Uh, he was but, in the process of. <laughs> he was in the process of executing the biggest Ponzi scheme in the history of mankind. Went on some twenty years. Twenty billions of trillions of dollars. Trillions. People, people's lives destroyed. Generations. Yeah, generations of lives. That's right. Entire right. generations of families and businesses destroyed. Yep. Trillions of dollars. We're not we're not talking about billions. We're talking about trillions of dollars. And they did they didn't know anything about it. No. And there's Jeff Wilpon hamming it up as the players are making fun of Gangnam style. There he is walking on in the shot. Look at me. I'm one of the guys. We need a guide. We need the RTU guide to surviving the Wilpons. They're not going anywhere. I think if available on <laughs> available on Dumpling Sound Studio books and and, and audiobooks. We can have read it. <laughs> PJ. PJ. He has to do everything. Chapter fourteen. Am I allowed to go to a game? Jacko will read it. Stink. Jacko will read it. Oi. 
so let's let's we're going to do this over the course of the summer. I just want to come up with like rule number one. So this is going to be a like this is going to be a running segment. That's right. Yeah, because we we could talk another hour and a half about how much we despise the wolf hunt. They're not going anywhere, and you have no recourse. So give me rule number one in the survival guide. Uh, rule number one to survive the will ponds. Right. Ignore them. Wait. I, I, let me just let me just fix the title. Okay. Survival guide. We need to we need to somehow work in maintaining your Met fandom while surviving the will ponds. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it needs to it needs to be a guide to still being a Met fan while the Wilpons own the team. Hmm. So you're surviving the Wilpons, but you need to we need to know how you know what's what can I do? I I, I made the edict that I wasn't gonna go to any more games or spend any more money. Well, I can't do that. I can't. I love baseball. I want to go see the Mets. I don't want to not be a Mets fan. That's right. That's, that's what I mean. That's your other recourse. Go root for another team. Surviving as a Met fan in the age of the Will Pond. It's a root for the Yankees. It's a good root for the Yankees. It's easy. It's a root for a winning team. There's uh, 37 other teams. I don't think there's 37. It doesn't matter. should be. You'd be better off rooting for a triple-A team. I'm going to count them, too. But only seven of them. That's <laughs> To get to the but only these seven. Yankees AAA, Yankees AA, <laughs> Yankees A-Ball, Kingsport, Comac North Yankees, Staten Island. Little League, Staten Island Yankees, any Yankee affiliate, anything that has the N and they want. Smithtown Softball League 7 Yankees. Go be a fan. They won't let you down. So do it with class. I'm going to give you the first rule. You're gonna, I, okay. RTU guide to surviving the Will Pond era and maintaining your Met fandom. That's a long title. It's we very to, long. We got to talk to the publishers there. PJ will get to work on this. You tighten that up. <laughs> Number one, you can go to a game that Matt Harvey is pitching. 1A, you can go to a game that Zach Wheeler is pitching. Excellent. The guide is underway. 275 pages to go. That was the advance, right? Yeah, that's the forward. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. Guide to surviving. Guide to surviving the era of the Wilpons and maintaining your Met fandom. It's basically, that's the only time it's acceptable to go to the stadium. That's right. Matt Harvey or Zach Wheeler must be pitching. There you go. That's good. I, I, let's start there. Next week we'll have more. Oh, we. Oh, okay. Let's start there. I want to get back to to uh, uh, before we get to the fun load. I want you to tell that. I, I want to bring PJ back in for this, but uh, this is a this is a great story. It does relate to sports as well. But you you telling the story of Arrested Development and trying to get. Your wife to watch it with you. Oh yeah. Just brought up this great idea, and Peach, I think you'll appreciate this too. This great idea, or not great idea, but maybe this discussion about how 
you're really jazzed for something, like you just are so into something, you're excited about it or whatever, or um, yeah, and you're super into it, and you really want your significant other to like be excited about it and get into it, and and you just sure it just, sure it just doesn't happen. Well, yeah, I mean, you you talk about the significant other, whether it's your wife, your girlfriend, you know, your best friend, whatever, whoever it is that you want that you're talking about. You want to be able to share this thing that you are just super excited about, you know. You want to share it with this person because that's the person that you most want to share it with. And I find on a consistent basis the things that I'm most excited about that I look to share with my wife, mm. not so much. <laughs> coming, not me coming from, not, not really even budging from the opposite side. Yeah. Like I'll like I'll go halfway. I'm like, okay, I, I'll come here. Just, right. You know, just come over a little bit. Nothing. Arms folded. You know, just like the, and and generally, she will she will mock my excitement and <laughs> yeah. really make me feel small about it. Ooh. Not on purpose. Sometimes on purpose, but most <laughs> most of the time. It's just that, and it happens with sports all the time, mostly with sports. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, th- th- this is not to say that there aren't things that you and your wife enjoy together. There certainly right. are. Here, but, let me give, I'm going to give you, I want to give you a couple of quick examples, just right. quick. We're, we're, we're ridiculously passionate sports fan. We also have this sort of passion about other things. Like, we get that excited about Arrested Development. We get that excited about Star Wars or something like that. Oh, wow, do I sound like a tool? But... So good. You're also wearing a Star Wars shirt. I also am wearing a Star Wars shirt. That's okay. I have a Star Wars tattoo. Let's move on. Just really, really Next quick. week on the Nerdist, <laughs> RTU Sports is San Pete. Bunch of nerds. Probably love sabermetrics at San Pete. Why don't you go read Moneyball, all right, with your Star Wars shirt on? You geek. Okay? You nerd. <laughs> go ahead, Cal. Fantasy sports. Super excited. We, I mean, we talk about it all the time. The draft, we call the draft draftmas, right? Super it's excited, it's right? And and countless times, I've tried to talk to my wife about it and explain why I'm so excited about it, and just get just endlessly ridiculed. But see, I can see that one almost. Okay, because Teresa does the same thing to me, and that's not necessarily something I expect her to get excited about. Right, like you have to, you have to temper your expectations. Like you can't expect, you know, okay, you can't expect her to get all fired up about fantasy football. Like she's just not going to. Like Teresa's okay. never gonna. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't know why I do it. She doesn't know why I love it so much. She's never gonna get into it. Here's another one I've talked about on the show: Islanders playoffs. Yes, that's different. Islanders playoffs. I haven't been in the playoffs in 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 six seven years. You know. You, my wife, you know I'm a diehard Islander fan. <laughs> You've been to games with me. Talk to her. That's it. Right? We've been through this for years. I'm excited about the playoffs. I keep talking. I'm like, I, all I want to do is talk about Islanders playoffs and explain to you what's going on. And every time I mention the word playoffs, she mocks me with the Jim Mora playoffs. Just, you know. Hey, credit to her that she knows that one, though. Just you got to give credit. You got to give credit for the reference interrupts me, the kids all join in, they start singing songs and dancing around and 
There I am standing there in my Islanders jersey. Like, okay, guess, you know, I didn't that. Arrested Development. The reboot of Arrested Development. Couldn't be more excited about it. Talked to her about it for weeks. It's coming. I can't wait till Memorial Day weekend. It's going to start at midnight. I'm going to stay up at 12.01. I'm going to start watching it. Um, The next morning, she said, what happened? I said, well, you know, I I watched an episode and then I I went to sleep. I was tired, you know. Things sure did fizzle out, huh? What? I'm excited about it. Here, what, what, why don't you come and watch this first episode with me? You know the show. You watched all three seasons with me when they were first on. Let's watch the first episode. I've, I've seen it already, but I'll sit and watch it with you. So, uh, all right, I'll watch it. So there she's sitting there. She's on her laptop. I've got it up. And she's just typing away. And I'm, I'm watching ready, it. I'm trying. ready to be distracted immediately. I like that. She's, yeah, she's on Facebook. I said, what are you doing? Can you, are you watching? She says, no, I'm watching. I'm watching. She'll ask a question here or there. I'll answer her. She'll be like, that's stupid. It's not stupid. Just let it play. Let me explain to you how this works. She says, no, 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 you've explained this to me, but I think it's dumb. I don't get it. I said, well, if you take your face out of Facebook for a minute and watch it. Right. Now it's the scene in big, right? I, hey, I don't get it. Yeah, that didn't. Yeah, and but but like wouldn't get it. Like refused yeah. to get it. Right, she totally gets it. Right. I'm explaining. I said, don't you remember back in you know when we used to watch it and this happened and don't you remember? I must have said that like 15 times. Don't you remember? <laughs> that probably went over really well too. Don't you? She, she says yes. I remember it. I just I don't get it and I don't like it. She's fine. I said the first episode was over. She says yeah no not no doesn't do it for me. And now here I am. I've been dying to watch this. I wanted her to be part of it. I think if maybe I could get her on board, she'll watch the whole thing with me. And she's out. Out. And I'm crushed. Right. Now, ironically, that makes her sound a little bit like Lucille Bluth. I just I With said the whole, I don't understand the question and I won't respond to it. Exactly what I said today. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. I don't understand what the show is about and I refuse to watch it. That's exactly what I said. I don't care much for this. <laughs> she ter- totally turned Look, into Lucille. Honey, you're acting like Lucille. She totally did. Not but have I don't you guys understand your excitement, and I refuse to acknowledge it. Have you guys ever experienced something like this? Oh, where you're, you're super excited for something, and you try to get them on board, and it's to no avail. I, I, absolutely. I've stopped with sports. I've just stopped. It just it hurts too much. Like I just yeah. I've stopped. She's not, she's not, you know, we've been through two jet playoff runs to the AFC championship game, you know, could not care, (laughs) you know, just wants them to win. So I'm not just like, you know, annoyed and sad, you know, so (laughs) I've stopped with sports, but pop culturally. Yeah, absolutely. Like, come on, we're going to do this. And now we have a lot. Should say like we're we're super lucky pop culture wise, TV wise. We've got a lot. We've got Mad Men in there. We've got like we like a lot of the same shows. We've talked about Project Runway on the show. I'm not ashamed to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we've got uh, Top Chef. We've got Next Food Network star. We've got Project Runway. We've got a lot of those. We've got Newsroom. We've got a lot of shows. So when I lose on like uh, Louis, sounds like you're trying to make Cal jealous now. No, 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 I'm saying I I lose on some. 
but it's not as crushing. It's not as crushing because I, you know, I I don't know if I've had as big a crush as now she does not like the new Arrested Development at all. Like I'm about to lose her. We've watched mm. all five. I've watched five episodes so far with her. All five with her. Okay. And I'm about to lose her. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> would you say? Would so I you... can watch the next ten freaking episodes. That's right. All right, I'm I'm going to come back to you in a second. Right. I want to I want to ask PJ. Yes. Where does your wife stand on Pink Floyd? Okay. The almost all crushing, soul crushing things that happen over here happen in and around music. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We we share a lot of TV tastes, both with the trash and the classy stuff. Um, one of the, our favorite things to do around this house is to tear the house down and rebuild it again. We always, we're always working on a room here. And we have similar decorating tastes, so that's always really good. But, man, with music, first of all, and most importantly, every song I've written, every musical, every TV theme, everything, that I've written, I run into this house with a CD out of the studio. Hey, honey, listen to this. And I throw it on the CD player, and I'm standing there, and the whole thing plays. And she goes, yeah, huh? You going to keep it like that? C, huh? Use a C chord there. Yeah. You, uh, You getting paid on this one? No? Uh, oh. More of a hobby track? Alright. <laughs> right. Is this a whole musical? That's a 25 songs? Great. For free? That's. Okay. That's great. The, the best part about this, Cal, is that if you. If I could pick one word, I've known PJ for 25 years, 20 years, 20 odd years. If you could pick one word to describe him, I would pick musician. Like that that defines who he is. Uh-huh. And I have seen this phenomenon firsthand. I have seen him walk in. Who gets more excited than me? No Seriously. One. No one. And by he time- gets nothing back. <laughs> nothing. Literally, by the time I I am I open that studio door and walk out with something, it's it's like I've invented a new beer. I mean it's just and it's crazy nothing. excitement. Nothing. Beaming off me. You yes, won't believe nothing. what I did. And it, we're talking about a guy who's written musicals and songs. And, you know, he's got a musical catalog, 50 songs wide, and written music for plays. And, I mean, you, it, it's an impressive catalog, Peach. <laughs> I you. have never heard her be excited about a song, ever. Nope. Wow. Wow, I, I totally forgot about that. Boy, am I glad you brought this up, Cal. Right. As a matter of fact, when when I when I finally got an IMDB page that listed like a movie credit, I was like, Hey come look at this And she looked at it, you know, and it listed the movie title and whatever and my name and and she's like did I hear that? <laughs> Did you play that one for me? Yeah. 
You know? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Usually you, you'd be like, you were oh, yeah, that was the thing with, oh, you, yeah. Uh, well, you were, did I, you were uh, making a sandwich. <laughs> you did not stop making said sandwich. <laughs> did not even put the mayonnaise down. And no, she does not understand the Pink Floyd. She doesn't understand why, if I have the album, why would I need the live version? Or or the video of it? Or why buy a reissue? Why get happy over buying Dark Side of the Moon again? <laughs> For the 36th time. <laughs> Cal, I would, I would hazard to say that the way we feel about the sports, like wanting our wives to be into the sports and be into the playoffs or the Mets or be into a game is as big, if not bigger, with music for PJ. Sure. Wow. I've, I've seen it firsthand. You have. I've, seen, you have. I've seen her come to gigs and just and, – and I love Tita. This is nothing against your wife, Beats. You know that. No, no, no. no. I just, please. I'm just corroborating. No, yeah, I, the greatest I, person I know. She gigs and she just stands there, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you see her standing there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like while you're playing? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> like a critic? <laughs> Worse. A life like critic. A, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a criticism of the music. It's, it's a criticism of what have you done with your time. And my choice is to even get there. <laughs> How did you even wind up on that stage? <laughs> now, oh, oh man, it's it's. I mean, it, Teresa is not in. I have gotten very excited about music and stuff that I've done or whatever. Does not get excited. Does not. But she saw us play live once and she went crazy. So it was great. Now there's my. That's my next question. How was that? For Tina, no, I'm no, telling you, she no, stayed there. No, for you. Now, that's my next question is, when you finally find something that clicks, right, right, and it hits, right. and you're excited about it, and then you find that they're just as excited. That was, that was one of the greatest nights ever. You know, we, we, we have played one gig in the, in the six years that, uh, almost six years that Teresa and I have been together. And it was, it was fantastic, because she didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very early on in our relationship. She didn't expect it. She had never seen me play with a band or anything like that. She had no idea it was coming. I mean, that's the other problem for you, Peach, with the music. Yeah. Is you've been with your wife since you were like eight. Yeah. Like she's just, she's just, it's just enough with the music, really. Another song? Wow, great. Can you give me the pickles, please? I'm in the middle of a sandwich here. That's right. <laughs> You know, like she just she just never gets excited about it. But it is it's it, when we found Mad Men, that was like yeah. so good. It was just so good, and she actually found it. That was an example of her being super excited about something and wanting me to be excited about it. Which you know, let's be honest, usually we feign. Um, I mean, come on now. Um, and being and watching it once and being like, oh, I'm totally into this. This is fantastic. You know, I, I that it is a great feeling when you when you do get that. But it's rare. It is rare. I'm one of those. Pete, you can attest to this too, and so can you, Cal. You guys know me well enough. I'm also one of those guys. Let's step outside of the spouse, significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Let's step outside of that and just go with friends. 
I'm the kind of guy who wants his friends to be into everything that I am. Like, Peach, tell me when I've read a new book. Who hears about it first? <laughs> no, but, well, that, this is good. We, we have a symbiotic relationship with that, that we feed each other back and forth with the, you know, dig me, validate me, because what, what we both like is cool to each other. Right. It, it's, you know, we're like two, two stars consuming each other in that, in that, you know, whatever they call that supernova thing that happens. I have go-to guys. Like, I have go-to people with stuff. Like, when I'm excited about a book, I talk to PJ. You know, like, PJ, you got to read this. Or if I hear a stand-up routine or something like that, like, immediately, PJ, you got to hear this. I immediately thought of you, PJ. And you have those yeah. friends, right, that you immediately think yep. of. And when they're not into it, you're like, wait, what? What's wrong with me? No, 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 you're not, you're not, you don't understand what I'm saying. It's this. <laughs> this is great. Mm-hmm. And then we have the one friend that hates everything. Right. His Everyone's got one. His name is Dan. <laughs> no, he was born a curmudgeon. He was. He's Costanza. Yeah, he is. Cal, who's your... So, like, you see a movie that you're all pumped up about. I see a movie that I'm pumped up about. My first person is my wife. Right. Uh, and she doesn't even fake it. Oh, my God. Come here. Come here. What? Come here. I have to show you this. What is it? Just just watch. This is, this is really funny. Watch this. What is it? It's the trailer for Anchorman 2. <laughs> really? This happened at my house. <laughs> I, right? You're living my life now. No, shh, no, watch, watch. It's only a minute, just watch it. Okay. Right? Doesn't that look really funny? She says, no. no. What, do you, what do you mean, no? I've been waiting how many years for this? This is going to be great. We're going in December, right? So I don't know, maybe you might want to go with your boys. I bet you they're excited about it. Wow. That's my go-to. And then, and without fail... Every single time, I, I do not get anything near what I'm looking for, and I continue to go back. Can I tell you directly related to Anchorman, which my wife and I both love, and we think it's hilarious? I called her into the room to say, hey, look at this. You're going to love when you see this. And I played the trailer. You know what she said? Looks like they're trying too hard. <laughs> Yep. And then out she walked. I was like, ah, oh, deflation. That's it. That's the, that's the other thing about it. That's perfect. They give you like four seconds. <laughs> and then they yeah. move right on. <laughs> it's like a minute to win it. With a spouse. <laughs> you literally have 45 seconds to make your pitch. It's like getting right. into a room in Hollywood. Like, <laughs> like I'm very right, busy. Go. go. Here, walk go. with me. I'm living in the gong show. Great. Oh, with me. <laughs> I got lunches I got lunches to make. I got to clean up the house. Walk you got, with me. I've got very limited attention. What do you want? I got to go. And it better be good. It's a lot of pressure. Cuz I have five other pitches lined up. <laughs> so it better be good. 
Oh my gosh, that's so fun. it's so true. And I and you keep coming back because when you do get the hit, it's it's, it's fantastic. It's worth it. Losing the live feed. Yes, we are losing the live feed. Good call, PJ. Okay. Wow, he is a producer <laughs> extraordinaire. Uh, so uh, we are losing the live feed. Thank you for listening live. Please go to www.rtusports.com or www.bluehavennyc.com. Uh, the proud sponsor of our show. We will see you in two weeks on Thursday night, June 20th from Blue Haven. Thanks for listening live, and we are in overtime. 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 Yeah. Oh, those two came together nicely. Oh, yeah. Overtime. Creep me down. You. I am the least funky human being you know. You know when you and your lady, you know when you watching know you a mean. show. Gotta stop it. Gotta no good. No, it's bad. You know when you and your lady want to talk New York sports? <laughs> what are they in space <laughs> <laughs> with the silo? You and your lady want to talk Battlestar Galactica? (laughs) (laughs) Did anybody watch uh, Battlestar Galactica original recipe? No. You didn't. Sure. You didn't. Dirk Benedict. Was that sure? Oh, you know what I'm? I'm thinking of uh, Buck Rogers. I watch Buck Rogers too. Let's be honest. Beedy beedy beedy. Everybody knows Twiggy immediately. Beedy beedy beedy. Hey, Buck. <laughs> why is, why is Twiggy like a cowboy? <laughs> like, hey, Buck. Beedy beedy beedy. I was waiting for that one week where Twiggy cursed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Buck. Boot. Whoa, whoa, Twiggy. Whoa, whoa, buddy. Settle down. Hey, Buck, you going to that planet? What? What? What happened? I watched uh, Battlestar Galactica big time because it was obviously a Star Wars knockoff. I was mm-hmm. a Star Wars uh, junkie as a kid. No evidence of that. <laughs> you can't prove that. Would never know. <laughs> and I had a Battlestar Galactica uh, wall uh, collage poster thing that my dad got somehow. And it was uh, six pieces that came together for one full-sized poster. And each piece was like three by five. It was cra- it was like the size of like a 15-foot wall. It was crazy. Wow, that's big. We put it together once in my basement. And we hung it on a wall in my basement. Because you couldn't get it out of the basement at that point once it was that big. I don't know where my dad got it. You broke the boat in the basement, yeah. (laughs) And how do you get the boat out? Um, I want to just – let's take 10 minutes and and, uh, play that game, Peach, from that website that you were talking about. (laughs) You want to play the – fans ruined it? Fans ruined it. I want to just – just give me a couple. I just want to hear a couple. Okay, it's it's uh, it's a broad number of topics, but you, you, like I said, you, you take the average quality, you subtract out what the what the fans killed it with, and then there's a degree of ruin <laughs> that sometimes exceeds one hundred percent. I love the it. fans are so awful. 
All right, let's do it. Um, let's see. Some, some rudimentary one. Uh, what, Bill Hicks? Oh, wow. We're starting Bill right Hicks. there? Who's <laughs> Bill Hicks is, we love Bill Hicks. Yes, a lot. But but you get Bill Hicks to death by people who want to talk to you about Bill Hicks and what end, you don't want to listen to Bill Hicks anymore. People who are obsessed about telling you that he was the you know the next Lenny Bruce, right? I probably never heard Lenny Bruce. <laughs> you know what I mean? That does ruin it. That that's ruinous. Uh, yeah, a, a near a near hundred percent drop off. Yeah, for wow. Chappelle show. Chappelle show gets a near one hundred percent drop. I could see that. That's a good one. No, Bill Hicks gets a hundred and forty nine percent drop off. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh how much God. his fans kill it. You know what, though, I could totally see that. And and of, uh, where's Mitch Hedberg in there? I was just thinking about him. <laughs> That's so funny. Because I I, I, I love Mitch Hedberg, but I could see his fans absolutely killing him too. Stephen Lynch is not well organized. David um, Lynch. Stephen. <laughs> Ed Lynch. Ed Lynch. Ed Lynch's fans have killed him. Good coffee gets a 70% drop-off by people who won't stop telling you about their coffee. <laughs> oh, that's great. Any particular brand or just coffee in general? It, it's just, just general coffee. But just I, you good know, coffee. I know that I ruined the Coreg for thousands of people because I won't shut up. Oh, the, the Keurig is a good one, yeah. That's a Keurig, man. There's no I was I was at the gas station today, and I saw a banner at the gas station. It was a picture of a cup of coffee. It said, uh, coffee, 99 cents, surprisingly good. We were shocked. Can you believe it? It's not bad. Gas station coffee, who knew? 99 cents. Uh, you're a book out here. <laughs> oh, we're not in Anchorage again? We're not in Anchorage. <laughs> he is. Look at this. Look at this one. You see a sign over here. Look at this. <laughs> says. <laughs> says. <laughs> oh, I can't even do it. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> what else is? What else is most ruinous? Uh, David Foster Wallace. That's another excellent one. Mm. Right, a great writer. But if someone starts talking to you about you got to read this book, right, smack them. Right. I try. Family guy. Gosh, Family I guy try. drops off two hundred and forty-one percent. That's. I, see, I don't know if I agree with that. But that's because you you're a fan, to. also. No, but I'm not a huge fan. But I don't think huge fans ruin that show for me. Okay. I don't think huge fans ruin my fandom of that show. Because Do you use YouTube to watch Family Guy clips. Do I not anymore? You, you might you might you might agree with it if you started to watch You might be a redneck. To watch the uh, yeah. You might be Where's Jeff Foxworthy on that list? <laughs> he has not made the list. Three thousand percent. His fans have ruined him for everyone. Home brewing and micro brewing beers drops off sixty percent. Yeah, I, yeah. It gets yeah. as good as eighty five percent, but uh, fan, fans kill it. 
they tend to insist upon themselves, those people. How, how about Star Wars? Well, this is Star Wars. Hunter S. Thompson has a nice drop-off, too. Where's he at? Hunter S. Thompson has a level of tra- a level of tragedy of 40. Nice, his, solid. His final, his final quality uh, finishes in the negative. He doesn't even, yeah, even off zero. Wow. Hunter, rabid Hunter S. Thomas fan, Thompson fans uh, ruin it for everybody, in other words. <laughs> PJ, give me um, no question about it. They just ruin it, right? PJ, give me Oprah. Well, we'd have to work, we'd we'd have to uh, improvise Oprah here. She's not on the first, list. Ha- first, you have to establish what the average quality of Oprah is on a scale from one to ten. The show, or the person, or the entity, the That's brand. Oh, the Oprah brand. Yeah, ten. I'd give that a clearly. Really? Clearly a 10? Out of 100? Cal likes. I think you know what Cal's doing at 4 p.m. on a Saturday now, Steve. <laughs> I think we figured it out. He's sitting next to Stedman watching Oprah. <laughs> and reading O Magazine. And reading O right. Magazine. And writing flattering letters to Oprah. Dear Oprah, I was just leafing through O. <laughs> Can I really change the world with composting? <laughs> I, uh, what, what you said about bullying is correct. <laughs> right odds. I won't, I won't do it anymore. I won't. <laughs> uh, I would. Uh, what's a, what's like top of the list though? Oh, for for fan ruination. Yeah. Oh, there's there's two, and and uh, they're great. Hold on. Oh wait, let's see if we can let's see if we can guess. Can can you give a genre? They're both bands. Excellent. The Beatles. Beatles. No. Wow. Yeah, good because you know, who's not a fan of the Beatles? <laughs> but I mean, it's it's stuff that, man. If you got to hear somebody talk about this band one more time, you're going to take a hostage. Uh, current current band or all it, time? Everything they say about it makes you turn against this band. You will refuse to listen to this band now because this person won't stop stop talking about it. All right. Current or vintage? Uh, both 90s, actually. 90s. Nirvana. Close. Don't say Pearl Jam. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Green Day. One is Tool. <laughs> <laughs> Which drops oh, off that's... 375%. Oh, that's fantastic. Tool. Because they have that's a low starting fantastic. quality. Oh, that's great. The other one's got to be metallic. No, not metallic. Tonic. <laughs> Do people talk up tonic? <laughs> that one guy won't <laughs> shut up about tonic. Enough, dude. The other, hey. and I, I agree. Fine, with I'll buy it. <laughs> the other is Sublime. Sublime. Oh, good really? call. I don't practice Santeria. That guy was a genius, man. Cut down too soon. I'm seeing a thread here. I'm seeing a lot of a lot of that. A lot of cut down too soon and a look how genius. Well, that's because you added Hedberg, which actually wasn't on the list. No, but but I, I'm seeing a lot of cut down too soon there. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, and where was Arrested Development, by the way? Oh, hold on. He's all the way at the top. 
Arrested Development only had a 60% drop-off. Oh, good. Fans don't, don't ruin it that much. Oh, good. As opposed to uh, Wes Anderson, which <laughs> who has Oof. who has a 125% drop-off. Yikes. Go ahead, starting with a, an average quality of only seven and then losing nine points. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> I love this. I, I really love this. We need to come up with some of ours. Ruined well, by I, fans. Ruined by fans. The Mets. Ruined by their own fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's mundane stuff like yoga and veganism and stuff like a tapas, you know. <laughs> if I hear one more guy tell me about his yoga class, <laughs> I'm going to strangle. I could, think of, I could think of probably five bands I would put in there. I Just think a, Apple has got to have Probably the, one of the worst average fan awfulnesses. Who? Apple products? Apple. Apple products. Yeah. God. Yeah, if you tell me about your iPad again. Right. Shut up. But, I mean, Peach, could you... Guys, seriously, to wrap this up, you couldn't think of five bands right away that if you hear one more guy tell you, oh, I can't believe you're not into them. Like, like bands, music has such a, a sweet place, a sweet spot here. With fans ruining it, like I th- like there are bands I will never listen to because you do. for for exactly what you just said, like d- dude, you ruined it, you ruined it. Right. You talked it up so much that I can't listen to this now. You know what sort of became that for me was um, an, an, an album I loved was uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. <gasps> oh, I, I bet you I did that to you, didn't I? <laughs> you were among the people. Oh God, I'm sorry. I can't. I just. I can't. I just. I know. See, and now I regret doing that damage to you. Too much genius. I can't take it. I probably did that to people with the rack on tours, though. So, so I made up for it. I probably did that to you with the rack on tours. Goes around, comes around, and the <laughs> Gomez. Well, but you know, well, all right. That's fair. <laughs> But that goes back to our other conversation about wanting your friends to really be into something that you're all excited about. I know. Well, there's got to be a limit. There's got to be like a limit of like you can tell me about this thing X amount of times before you got to realize you killed it. But but, Maybe we should set that up. Put that in another rule book. The difference is the Neutral Milk Hotel was the delicate genius that I had to hear about over and over again about this one particular album. All I'm talking about with Gomez is that they're really, really good, and I wish more people would listen to them. Yeah. Well, that was my born-again Christian moment. With neutral was milk Neutral Milk? Uh, dude, <laughs> come just on. Made a don't face don't like, tell go me on. I didn't go over the falls. I went over the falls. You did. I was buying books for people about the band. Why? As if anybody would care to read about a band that they don't listen to. Fans? That ruined it. You ruined it. Uh, that, that, that was my category right there, yeah. Cal, give me a band. There's got to be one that if you hear people talk about more, the uh, amount that people talk about their genius has turned you off to it. Radiohead. Really? Sorry. Radiohead's on the list. Let me see. Is it? See how they how they how they dropped? Yeah, you don't have to be sorry. That's fair. No, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel a little oh. guilty. Yeah, Radiohead. Radiohead went into uh, negative percentages with drop off. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they can little... kill it. Yeah. They can kill it. Although it's been a while. That, that's, you know, that's the other qualifier on these things, is that it's been a lot, like, when was the last time somebody talked about Sublime? 
that you're in, you don't want to hear about it. You know, I guess, like have you ever Tuesday. met our rhythm guitarist, Cal? <laughs> he talks about Sublime every time we get together. Uh, That's true, and he has met our rhythm guitarist many times. <laughs> yeah, many many times. Well, that's the that's the other thing about music that lends itself to this is that, you know, there's such a thing as quote unquote music snobs who sort of just ruin everything for everybody. They're apologists. They're I'm sorry. They're I didn't come out right. They're apologists. For what? For whatever it is that they're trying that you've grown tired of hearing them talk about. Oh, I see. Right, you know any any anything that you can poke a hole in, like you know these guys are great. No, they're not really great. No, they are great, and this is why. And right, and that's me with Mark Sanchez. That well, that I was going to say that's where you tie it into sports. Fans have sports ruined people. Mark Sanchez. Right. So you're saying I've ruined Mark Sanchez? Uh, no. Right. Not yet. You you haven't ruined. He's ruined himself. <laughs> but fumble. Nobody wants you guys, to hear about it anyway. You guys, butt fumble. You get it? How about how about fans ruining butt fumble? How about that? See, he ran uh, into his own guy. See, and he fumbled the ball. LOL, Jeff. I still don't think butt fumbles run its course, guys. I, I know it. I know it really bugs you. <laughs> oh, it's but, not even. Uh, butt fumble still course. has legs. I gotta say, from the casual. He will be there as long as he's in the NFL. Right. He could, he could win a Super Bowl, and they will play the. They will play the video of him accepting the Lombardi Trophy and holding it over his head on the platform, and then they will play the tape of the butt fumble right afterward. Literally. Only one thing on the list, by the way, got Look a perfect 100% drop-off. 100% drop-off. There's only one thing that got a perfect 100% drop-off. It went, it went up, and then the fans killed it precisely. That was SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> what, like some seven-year-old has destroyed this? Oh, you know how many adult men love SpongeBob SquarePants? <laughs> I know two. Yeah. Shame on you. Stop it. Cal's shaking his head. He won't watch it. Well, well I've got girls. They don't watch true. that stuff. That's true. All right, we have to wrap. Let's wrap there. PJ, final unload. What? Oh. All oh, right. Man. All right. Uh, a, per- a personal um, final fun load, fun load, unload, unload, I don't know. Uh, a shout out to my own nephew who just made Eagle Scout. Hi. Which is not an easy thing to do. So uh, he knows how to tie a knot, that one. He, uh, he, he, no, he did, he did it by becoming a one-man charitable organization. Oh, nice. And and uh, brought truckloads of donations to a uh, uh, community center type type thing. Uh, really cool kid. Nice. Cal, final on I'll give you a podcast recommendation. If you are not listening to the Comedy Bang Bang podcast, please start doing so because it's Second brilliant yeah. every week. Yep. It's uh, If you like improv comedy, give a listen. Much shorter than this podcast. <laughs> about an hour. So are most movies. Not going to take up much of your time, but it is very well done. All right, and I have two final... Because <laughs> this show is not long enough. You can't do that. 
The first is I'm going to make an album recommendation this week, and that is for a band called Team Impala. They are from Perth, Australia, Cal. There it is. And this is actually current. This album only came out last year. It's called Lonerism. Uh, our buddy Dr. Ray Stat sent us a song from it. Uh, it is fantastic. Really, really good. Uh, name of the song to maybe get started is Mind Mischief. Um, the album is really, really good. It's as if uh, the best way I could describe it is play the exit music again. The best way I could describe it is um, sort of like Shave Fish meets Wings Over America. Like they kind of bottle John Lennon's voice and then they have like the Moog from Venus and Mars with wings. It's just really, really good stuff. But they bring the heavy on other songs and it sounds like in the 70s. It's just really, really good. Some of it sounds like Flaming Lips with John Lennon singing, which is a good thing. Uh, it's fantastic. Lonerism by Tame Impala. And then my true final unload. And this is for all three of us, without a doubt. Uh, we said goodbye this week to one of our favorite actors. Uh, a guy who was always sort of uh, second fiddle, was never the main guy, but some of the best comedy we've ever seen on TV and in film was because of this guy, and that's Harvey Corman. passed away this week. And uh, I want to give a quick hat tip to Harvey Corman. He was a brilliant comedic actor. And just say, that's Headley. So uh, Harvey Corman will be missed a lot. Brilliant. Okay, uh, that's it for Brian Calvi and PJ Cacioppo. I'm Steve Sanpietro. We will see you next week with more RTU. Bye, you guys. Bye, Cal. Bye, Peach. See ya. Monet. Simone. Say with me. Mone. Mone. Blended. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, rest your sphincters. Good advice. And of course, give the governor a ramp. Good night, everybody. <laughs>